Right. 40 miler. Yeah, how are you feeling? A week removed. Well, a week and a day. Hmm. Well, 98% recovered, I'd say. Fair, fair. Um, my toes are sore. That's about it, really. I feel like from Monday, I got fairly recovered, but have then stayed at that point. Like, I feel now how I did on Monday, pretty much. Mm. It might have been just because I've trained straight through it. Yeah. But I think what you said the other day clicked a lot. When you said your appetite had gone all weird. That's, yeah. that's the thing I've done. I haven't really had any, like, physical things I've needed to recover from that mm. much other than this weird thing in my leg. It's all been, like, a weird, like, everything just went out of shape. I didn't want to eat properly. My sleep got a bit janky. I was training hard, but, I don't know, it just felt weird. Like, I hit the numbers I needed to. It just didn't feel right. Yeah. I've been, like, um, definitely a bit, like, I suppose depleted. Hmm. That makes sense. Like, I smashed so many calories on that day and then barely ate anything. Interesting. So we may have done the opposite. Yeah. I don't think I ate enough. You don't think you ate, ate during the week? Mm, uh, not during the week and definitely not not the day off. No, although I didn't eat anything the day off other than like oh, really? sweets and shit, really. Like nothing. No, yeah, no like, like meals. Meal. Um, until I got back, I ate like half a burger and some chips and some chicken wings just to try and like get something in. My mum, like, force-fed me for heaters. She yeah. was like, you're going to eat them and gave me, like, a cookie and hot chocolate. I was like, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, so my parents were out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, all week it's been really weird. I've either, like, been so tired and so hungry and so, like, monged at all at the same time that I just end up sleeping and waking up and then I'm, like, starving. But that's that one meal and then I won't be hungry for the rest of the day. Huh. And my body would just be like, you need to sleep. You need to go sleep. It's like, I all week I felt like what need what need does my body want me to do first? Mm. And sleep's just been that priority. And I still haven't slept very well, probably because I've been so hungry. Mm. But I haven't been able to, like, get a grip on my appetite. Like, I haven't been able yeah. to be like, oh, sweet, okay, now I'm really hungry, I'm going to do this. Like, I was eating, like, just trying to eat a massive breakfast because I was like, if I'm hungry, I just need to pile the calories in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I wouldn't get even remotely hunger pang until like nine o'clock at night and I blow up so it's going to be going to bed now that's when I get hunger pang anyway nine till <sighs> yeah. twelve is like feasting time for me I love yeah. it like uh, not early morning but from like ten till one mm. and then throughout the day I'm not that hungry and then to finish off the day like around like eleven o'clock I get mad hungry uh, I'm pretty if I'm on it I'm pretty mm. regular so we started at what four in the morning no, we no, the woke day up started at, at four in the morning. Yeah. My alarm went off at four anyway. I think I ignored it a couple of times and then just rushed and got ready. <sighs> Pretty much the first thing I did after showering was k-tape my feet. I was that was the biggest thing. Mm. I didn't want any blisters. I knew it was going to hamper me massively if I if my feet started. I'm really bad with you know the pain at the back of your ankles. Yeah. That if if that would have happened to me, I think it would have been game over. Anything else, I was like, I can probably deal with this, mm. but that would have been horrible. So I was lucky with that. So, so you preemptively K-taped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was literally, I was like, I'm not leaving the house without shit tons of K-tape all around. I did it like all around the back of my heel mm. and like some on the soles of my feet as well. And then I redid it halfway through. When we had, um, remember just before we left, like the middle checkpoint. And, About a 20 mile mark. Yeah, I remember them being like, right, we've got eight miles until the next checkpoint. So that's like two and a half hours, pretty much. Um, so I, like, I got fresh socks on, cleaned my feet, well, I cleaned my feet, Fresh socks, fresh K-tape, mm. ready to go. Yeah, so, see, that was when I put my first bit of K-tape on. Yeah, that's probably, <laughs> that's probably why. She wasn't good. <laughs> um, 
So when did we actually start? Five thirty. Half, half five was it? So it was start. a five thirty start, and then an eight thirty in the evening finish. So mm-hmm. I think it was a little bit after eight thirty because I think total moving time was like thirteen and a quarter hours. Yeah. So it's probably like quarter to nine that we all sort of like got there. it off. Yeah, n- unlike any challenge I've ever done before. It's just so long when you think about it. <laughs> so long. Like so long, and so yeah. long to just be walking. Yeah, and that's it. It's just the one thing. Yeah. It wasn't like when you hear the, like, let's say you're doing an Ironman or something, at least mm. you're like, oh, I've got the swim coming up soon. Like, yeah. Or got the bike coming off soon. I can't wait to get out of this water. Yeah. It was just like left, foot, right, foot, No, left, there's foot. no, like, rest from the monotony of, oh, my foot hurts, oh, my foot hurts, oh, my foot hurts. Mm. Well, your knee twinges a little bit and you just got to keep walking. Yeah. Like, that was what got a lot of people, I think, was, like, they would take on an injury of any form, whether it's like a tiny little blister or like, yeah. you know, they twisted their ankle a little bit, and it was like we can't stop. Like yeah. there is, there's no time for you to just sit down and recover for twenty minutes. There's That's no like why break. Kind of brutal because it was mm. like oh, if you fall behind, like I'm sorry, you kind of have to go. Basically, like, yeah. If you can't hold the pace. Yeah. But what I did admire is people who got to that point early on. Let's say it took someone twenty miles to back mm. out. Like fair fucking play for going to that point where it's like yeah. you pushed it to the absolute limit. Yeah, massively. And then there was a few people that sort of chose to back out at a certain point. They had decided that throughout the day. And fair play to them as well. Yeah. A lot of people, because they knew they were only doing, let's say, 20, 25 miles, it brought a really good atmosphere to it. Mm. There wasn't this like, oh my God, this is so long. There was a lot of people that were just out for a big bimble. And I think it brought the energy up of the rest of us. Yeah, massively. It's, it's nice to know that um, with people that started like 5.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. you had that kind of point where, oh, if I get to this checkpoint, then so-and-so is going to be there. Yeah. That'd be cool. And it's just that, like you said, that fresh top up of energy. Like if you think your glass is just emptying throughout the day, someone comes along and pours a shitload of water in it again. Yeah. Super That's what it was. That's outside. why Molly and Dom were such big, um, yeah. huge parts of this. Almost unsung heroes. Wouldn't have been able to do it without them, I don't think. No. I don't know how many LucasAid sports I took off them and packs of Haribos. I didn't even realise we had those. When I did, I was like, oh my <laughs> God, this was the best idea ever. But just like psychologically getting to a checkpoint and then being there with mm. a car full of stuff, it... It sort of reminded you that there was people helping you doing this. And yeah, man. You can, you definitely can go on and finish it. Like there was no point in my mind, quitting was never a thing. No, I, I, you never would, would you? Like when no. you're doing something like that for, you're doing it for other people at the end of the day, right? Like it That's, is for charity. We should probably say um, that real quick. So it was for Fridays, um, which is knife crime. Yeah. To sum it up in a couple of words, and then the. Um, Positive Youth Foundation. Yeah, so it was both centred around yeah. <clears throat> sort of keeping kids off the street. Huge problem in Cov at the moment, definitely. Um, Massively. The Positive Youth Foundation does a lot to like just offer opportunities up in general. Cool. And I think the Fridays one is quite a young charity, like it's not been around for a while, but that mm-hmm. does more for just like knife crime awareness, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so the two working yeah massively I think I think Fridays is sort of on the up if that makes sense and then the Positive Youth Foundation has been around for a little while Mm. Um, and like I say like tries to get more people access to education maybe some more jobs um, better care and services things like that so two two really really nice charities to be doing it for Mm. Um, raise a lot of money as well yeah over just just shy of two and a half is that where it got to last last time time I checked two no, the last time I checked, we were 2380. Wow. Um, I can have a quick check. That is pretty good. It always happens that way. It was a slow start. I remember when we were first building up the sort of momentum for um, getting money into the sort of GoFundMe page. And then it's always slightly before you do the challenge, 
and then almost like the day after when you've been posting about it on the socials. Yeah, all day, you leave basically. The I think the link is still up. I'm I think just it's checking still now. Up till like midnight tonight. Um, in which case it is, we will be putting it out on social media. Yeah, of course. Scroll back a little bit. It's definitely above the two grand mark. Oh, easy, solid. yeah, definitely, definitely. Which so is solid. massive considering we had a thousand pounds was the goal. Yeah, um, I mean it's yeah similar to similar to what happened when we did the last challenge, the twenty four hour workout. It was a steady increase, and then once we'd done it, everyone was like, "Oh shit, they actually did that." You go, people pile on two thousand four hundred and fifty two pounds. Oh, we can get that to two thousand five hundred, surely, surely. It'd be rude not to. It would be very rude not to. So if you're out there and you're listening, you won't be able to donate when you hear this podcast. But I'm sending those vibes out there. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's always good to do some charity work. I think that was a big part of why there was never any option of quitting as well. Once you said that you were going to do the whole thing, it was like, well, Mm. you know, it's for a good cause. I'm not just going to back out. I think for me, and I'm sure for you as well, like as a coach, as like a kind of like a... Um, a figure of authority in this place. It's a bit like a, a setting the example for me. Yeah. So like since I definitely started working here, I was like, I need to set the example that I want every single one of these members to look at me and be like, mm, that's how I would need to act, or that's how yeah. that's the sort of things I should take forward. So not like be exactly like us or whatever, but mm. like we. I said to myself from the start, and it sounds like you did the same thing. And they're like, I will not quit this walk mm-hmm. because I have to show how strong this community is yeah and exactly. as a not like a leader of it but like i suppose yeah, in a sense yeah, yeah. a leader of it um you got to withhold that you know it's, it's that yeah. value right we're, we're doing stuff for other people here and we care about others and so if if we've got that sort of uh, flakiness about us then that's um, what's going to translate down the line right well yeah so, it's definitely i think in anything like this but especially a gym community time from the top is such a big thing um, so sort of starts with prison Alex filters through to the yeah. coaches and that filters through to the owners yeah uh, not the, the members, members sorry. Um, <laughs> so you've got to have owners that are bang on it yeah um, and they're really committed to uh, mm. whatever it is they're committed to be it a challenge or a methodology or a philosophy or whatever it is massively that then comes down to the coaches they then sort of breed that out to the members yeah um, so yeah it was definitely important that we all did it um, and it was cool me you and Evie got to finish it off together as well I came in last awesome, place man. Not that there was places, but we well, we didn't. People. Oh Actually, no, Alex and Mr. Burrell came in last place, and Tom Elves. Yeah, <laughs> he's getting mentions on this podcast. He does. Maybe we should get him on. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be his time soon, I reckon. Um, yeah, that's true. We weren't fully last. Alex was holding the back. He, he was. I, I, I feel so sorry for that guy because he he did like training for it. So yeah. he'd done like loads of like. 10 and 12 mile walks yeah. had it like locked down we were like Alex room. where are we going where are we going Alex you're in charge you're the boss man and then just like in the last three miles just tanked so bad yeah. his feet were just horrendous really bad chafe as well he yeah. said that uh, a little bit graphic but he said when he was wiping his ass there was like blood and stuff <laughs> he like had scars and stuff which yeah that was probably the worst part of me chafe that was, it was I see I didn't get the chafe I got that blisters I got the, the walking gait just changed. That I got was the, it. I the, started leaning forward loads. Oh. I couldn't, couldn't stand up straight. So bad. But man. then it wasn't like that up and like it was, it, for me anyway, it was two different events that occurred. There was a 30 mm. mile walk and then there was a 10 mile walk. Yeah, massively. The 30 massively. mile was chill. Yeah. Not chill. Maybe the 25 was chill. I said this all the time. The 30 miles was like, you've done a walk, but you, you probably weren't in that bad a shape. Like, you know, if you were smart enough, and like myself to tape up from the start mm-hmm. 
and like have good footwear, so like maybe a change of footwear at like the 15, 20 mile mark, something like that, you, it would have been, a, you know, not to play it down, but it would have been a bit of a breeze. Yeah. You know, you could have walked it, it probably wasn't that, maybe just approaching the 10 hour mark, something like that, maybe 11 mm. hours or something. Yeah. And then you'd have been going home, you, you probably would have been okay, you would have had time to have a dinner, probably a bath, relax, go to bed. Mm-hmm. That last 10 miles just wrecked so many people. Yeah, yeah, it was, I think we distinctively had a break at 30 miles. Remember Mm. when Priest did that song and dance about anyone who's being baggage? Yeah. There's lifts home. Yeah. That was, I remember standing up after that and being like, oh. That that one I remember wrecked me a little bit. Yeah. Because we stopped for so long. Yeah, we were because we were waiting on a couple of people. Yeah, because we had... A few people getting picked up from there, but obviously we couldn't leave until they'd been picked up. Naturally. You know, health, not health and safety, but like just the safety of the members, right? Not going to leave a man behind, sort of thing. Cool. Yeah, that that was bad. After that one, I I think I'd said said to Evie who was suffering, like she'd already popped like four blisters by this point. I remember I was like, she was. We like are not stopping. Twenty. She was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Um, we got off. So once we taped up at mile twenty. Yeah. Both, I think, had formed blisters, but mine were, I, like, couldn't feel mine. I think my feet were just, like, numb or something, or I was, like, not that bad yet. Mm. She was, like, oh, okay, I've got a shitload of blisters going on here. Um, and, like, significantly slowed down. And I was, like, oh, okay, well, I can't really let you, like, go home. I was, yeah, like, you, you know, you, you're kind of a coach. I was, like, one, you can't, not that you couldn't go home if you're a coach, but, like, I didn't want you to. Yeah. I didn't want you to have to come into work and see that everyone else had done it and you'd, just had that like no one had helped you for it. She'd have been good. You'd have been good. You'd, if it was me in her position, I'd have I'd hundred percent wanted one of you to just be like drag me through this yep. to the finish line. Um, but bless her, when her ballistas popped, she was crying. She was biting her fingers. She was in oh so much God. pain. She See, like, I respect that more oh. than what I just for anyone who had like early pain mm. and then had to then. Essentially, it was a pain endurance test for yeah, man. twenty minutes because that's what that's what makes it slightly different than to the twenty four hour one that we did. That was difficult, but it was mm. mostly about the sleep deprivation. Yeah, the workouts weren't like grazing against you. There wasn't there wasn't any pain. Like yeah, your shoulders were getting pumped. There was a couple mm. hand tests. In fact, hand tests kind of sucked. But you can tape up your hands and crack on if yeah. you've got like blisters on your feet. And you have to walk another seven hours. That's grim. That's like one of the worst things to go through. Wow. Two things were going through my mind. So I started it and I hadn't been around when you guys did the 24 hours. So I was like, look, this is this is my first challenge in place now. Yeah. I need to set the tone that I am like, I ain't going down. Like I'm, you know, I'm as good as these guys here. I'm here to stick around, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And also I was like, this is going to be easier than this 24 hour workout. Hadn't done it, so I didn't realise that it probably wasn't. But in my head, I was like, look, that was 24 hours of workouts. That's a hard graph without any sleep. I know that at the end of this, I go home, I can sleep for three days. Um, And I'll probably get to bed at a decent time. So there was that. And two, when Evie's blisters popped, I was like, that's a glimpse into my future. (laughs) I was like, this is not going to go well. did you have blisters at that point? I had blisters at that point, but they hadn't popped. Mine popped maybe like, I don't know, two, two hours later or something like that. And it was... uh, big one on the bottom of my heel that had gone like it was on the back of my heel and was going under my heel as well so like I couldn't put my heel down to heel strike so I then had to walk heel strike on my right foot but then my left foot was like toe strike so that it got 
it got pretty grim. Which is then what mess, because I know you had a weird toe thing going on oh, a few yeah. days after, so it would have been... It's like one problem causes another. Oh, yeah. And you that, try and that, fix it by doing something else, it just makes things worse. It's, it's like trying to walk with... Well, it is. I was walking normally on one foot, and then so mangled on the other. That's when it goes into your knees, into your ankles, into your hips, and your lower back, and that was like mile... I think around the 25, 27 marks, so it was a good, right. let's say, 13 miles of like just... Championship rounds left. Like, literally, yeah. Like, oh, I just remember being like silent and being like, oh my God, if I slow down, I'm going home and that is something that just is, isn't a, isn't a thing. Like, yeah. I'm not even going to dream of that mm-hmm. because it's just pain. I was like, if you, I know for a fact that if you walk for 20 minutes, your feet will go numb and it won't even matter. Yeah. I'll deal with the pain later on. I was like, you just, just 20 minutes, one foot in front of the other, wait for your feet to just turn into stumps and then just crack on. But that's what makes it different to the 24 hour workout. The 24 hour workout, you could, um, you could sort of sandbag bits of it and Mm. you speak to anyone in here other than, other than Jacob. I'm pretty sure all of us sandbagged a couple. There was one I remember being like near, nearly passed out on the sofa. Priz gave us all the 10 minute mark and we had a three rep max deadlift to do. Yeah. I didn't do a three rep max deadlift. I, I think I hit like 120 for three or something. Yeah. So what were some of the workouts that you could like, because so obviously you, could, you weren't doing like, well, you know, that's the beautiful thing about CrossFit and you can just scale the shit out. Yeah. Cause you're not going to be, you know, I take it you're not doing like, you know, 25, 30 minute EMOMs every hour. Are you? No, you doing like some of them were 20 minutes. Rough. Some of them were like, like you could, you could hold back on the, um, the lift side of things. So mm-hmm. like maxing out your clean and jerk and stuff, you could just sort of take a step back. Anything yeah. like that was easier to do. But then, like, finishing with Murph after you've been awake for 23 hours, mm. you got to do a mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 press-ups, 300 air squats, followed by a mile run. It's not really what, like, I think because it was the last one, we were all at the incentive to, like, okay, let's do Murph here. Like, I didn't do it with yeah. the weight vest on, but I was like, right, I'm going to get through these reps. Yeah. And it took an hour. So, like, it was, yeah, that got horrible. But my point was... You had the option every now and then to be like, I'm going to hold back here. I need to pace back. You couldn't do that in the walk. You had to hold pace the whole time. Yeah. There wasn't much sleep deprivation involved. Obviously, you had to get up early and it was a long day. Yeah. You didn't go through the night. However, you were sort of exposed to all the elements. Like in here, this is this is a comfortable place for everyone who was partaking in that challenge. So yeah. you're, you're in wildcard. You're in your safe space. It's a comfort zone. It's all good. Mm. When you're doing the walk, you've got the sun beating down on you which it was it was a hot day it was a hot day 16 degrees I think yeah midday something like that which obviously isn't hot but it was like sunny so it was on you the whole time yeah so you're dealing with the elements you're dealing with the fact you don't really know where you are like you're trusting someone else yeah so there's just there's just a lot of things that made it different to the point where it's somewhat incomparable to the 24 hour one like I was thinking about this I was like if I had to repeat one of them which one would I do I'm not really sure the 24-hour one was really, really fucking tough, but I love CrossFit. So I didn't have much problem with doing loads of CrossFit. That's fine. Not a huge fan of these big, long walks that knacker all your joints and stuff. So Yeah, tricky. it is tricky. I think that was probably a thing that got a lot of people as well. was like when you do – say you, you're one of those – you get to a point where you're like, I've had enough. I want to go home. We could be in the middle of a field in the middle of like, you know, Kenilworth somewhere. Yeah. It's like, well, you don't have a choice. You can't get a, you can't get a taxi to the middle of this field. Mm, yeah, like, so you, you have, have to, to walk. And so if you are if you are in a bad way during that, there is no tapping out. Mm-hmm. Like you, you basically just have to keep going until we either get to a checkpoint or you find a road. 
yeah. then you hope it's on Google Maps. <laughs> Whereas I suppose with a 24-hour wad, like if you are in like a really bit, let's say your hands are torn, you've, you've pulled a muscle or something like that, like yeah. there is probably an opportunity to just skip one or something like yeah, that. You I'm don't want to be in that position, but like you could, like you say, or, or you could really scale back a workout, mm. give yourself sure a bit of an easier time. Um there was one, I remember so, Alex scaled handstand press-ups to like seated dumbbell strict press. He was yeah. like, fuck that, I'm getting a pom-pom. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, fair play. And I think, I don't know if anyone skipped a workout. I can't remember if anyone did it that way. Um, most people finished it. I think some people you said, correct me if I'm wrong, like joined part of the way through or joined yeah. into just certain workouts. Yeah, which similar vibe to the walk where yeah. that was an accepted thing to do where it was mm. like, actually, that would be really nice to have some fresh faces come in. People were bringing, much like we had support in the walk, people would bring food in and drinks yeah. and whatever. And just morale. Morale is the biggest thing. If you yeah, come into so. something fresh and this is your start of it, mm. it brings up everybody else because all of a sudden they're on a slightly different level and it brings you up to Yeah, 100%. To That's, um, I, th- I definitely think that was what was my favourite thing about the whole 40 miles in general was like, you watch some people suffer and then you watch other people who are suffering, look at the other person who's suffering and go, I'm not that bad, I'm going to help them through. Yeah. And it was just so, you get to know people, obviously you got so many hours, you talk to different members of things. You sort of play the room, it's almost like a night yeah, out, right? It, like, yeah, definitely. Sort of um, flow between the group, which was cool, it was a good opportunity to get to know um, some people that yeah. had, so I've been away for a little bit, there was members that had pretty much integrated themselves within the community in the mm. six months that I was away. Um, that I hadn't had a chance to fully get to know. Yeah. So it was a really cool opportunity to meet new people that weren't like new to the gym. Yeah. Like they were already within the community and I was able to sort of come in and find out what's going on with people and it was really cool. I I thoroughly enjoyed most of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, for most of it. Even the (laughs) suffering, man, there's a sick part of me that likes it. I don't think I'd have it any other way. There's definitely something I enjoy about like the thing is I look back now and I was like probably wasn't pushing my limit but at points I was like I remember being like this is a lot of pain I was like I could be doing some serious damage here but at the same time I was like you ain't gonna make me quit Yeah, and I loved that I loved that fact that it was like I'm just gonna keep going like I ain't gonna stop like because it's just not an option I was like we're gonna finish these 30 miles 40 miles Mm. sorry if I'm if I'm you know Going to A and E after or whatever because my foot's fell off. Like so, so be it. Something, yeah. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said as well about like bonding through suffering. Right? Oh yeah. I think we definitely experienced it on the last leg where just the things that you t- talk about become different. Mm. It sort of opens the possibility to really start chatting properly rather than just yeah. like extended small talk, which is great for something like that where you're just riffing off different things. But then yeah. when you get into those sort of championship rounds everyone's messed up everyone's a little delirious as well mm. and dehydrated I think it really brings you together in, and as a whole it brought the community together but I guarantee you there's people within that walk that were brought together with other people because oh, of massively, it and like, have become stronger friends because of that which I think is a great thing yeah man like me and you hang out all the time so like mm-hmm. it, it, I know I, if I really needed it I'd just be like alright find Charlie and yeah. walk yeah, and it's yeah, super yeah. chill and like I would love to have been able to keep up with Prizzy the entire time and get a good chat but you just can't because he's just He's a bit of a machine and I don't kept know. going. I think he, put a he hurt. Face on. He was hurting towards the end and put a brave face on. But I was like, I can't walk at your pace and talk to you because yeah. my feet hurt so much. Um, I, I had, like, did the rounds with a couple of members stuff. We were we, at the start of the walk. I was up at the front with oh, you yeah. and Alex yeah, and then right. you in prison and stuff like that. But like, I think like after the twenty mile mark, bang in the middle of the group, 
sat with Evie and I was like, I don't really know this girl anyway. Like we work together and stuff, but again, it's it's pot shots of ten minutes of small talk. This is it. So you end up spending like I think I spent the majority of the walk with her, just like getting to know her as yeah. a coach and just as a person and being like, I really don't know a thing about you, and it's a bit weird because you're gonna have social events at some point. It's gonna be a work night out, and I'm gonna be like, Charlie, help me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, people. took the opportunity to like. Uh, not only get to know her much better, but like definitely some of the members and stuff, and just be in the middle of the mix. Yeah, and not it's hugely important as a coach. To yeah, be, like within within the members and to be to be a part of it. Mm. Uh, and stuff like this really helps you integrate yourself because they remember you being there. Yeah, they remember that was... you talking. They'll remember the conversations. People really look up to CrossFit coaches. It's strange. I remember when I first started doing it at twenty. I was about twenty one. Young man. Uh, yeah, it's pretty young, and especially to be. In this community, yeah, because there's a lot of older, more educated, successful people around, which you don't realise until you do something. I'm not gonna lie, right? I found out a fair few people's ages on this walk, and then you won't know who you are. But when I found out your age, I was like, "Holy shit, you could be ten years younger." So, kudos, yeah, well, that's to these members. That's what fitness does. You got the fountain of youth and that toilet out of the back or something. I don't know what's going on around here, but <laughs> my god, we keep someone in the water. But we won't, <laughs> won't tell you what it is. Yeah, I just think people put a lot of trust into the people that are delivering them their fitness in yeah. whatever way that is. And I remember being just a sort of, I felt very like young, impressionable, youthful mm. at 21. Um, and people would be really putting their trust into you and really asking you for advice in certain things. And I'm thinking, shit, I don't feel fully qualified to be answering this yet. Like I was thrown in the deep end. But then I guess my point is that is stuff like this helps embed that a little bit more. Yeah, like when you're involved uh, in these long endurance challenges with people and you help people through them, people are more likely then in here to ask you advice about something. It's a form of leadership where you're not leadership by title, you're leadership by example. Um, it's something I read about when I first got to this place because mm-hmm. I craved to work in an environment like this for so long. Like mm-hmm. I built up, tried to build up like close knit communities in other in other areas where I've, where I've worked, and it's not really not really been the one. I come here and like I say, we clicked immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, prison Alex I'd known a little bit anyway. Evie yeah, got to know on the walk. Time. Joe's come in at pretty much the same time as me, and so now yeah. I'm like, sweet. We've all I know everyone's strengths. I know everyone. I know where. Um, where I can fill in my gaps in knowledge, but also at the same time, like you build that um, sort of coaches community within others. Yes, and you end up earning your title, I think, because you're given yeah. you're given that oh, Jake's the coach. Well, why? Mm-hmm. And then when you do things like this, it starts to fill in that gap. People are like, oh, okay, because you know he doesn't quit or he continues going on or do you know what he builds up other people and then other coaches will help him up and that's why they're a coach too and it, it yeah. definitely fills that gap of why people then maybe understand why you or the coach and they're a member yeah perhaps. I think I was lucky in that I was a member for about eight months <clears throat> to a year before yeah. I was a coach so I'd a- I was able to sort of embed myself in the community mm. I was training hard all the time so people could see that yeah. and I was good friends with Prison Alex so it very much made sense when I started doing it people already sort of trusted great, me anyway great way to get into the really role. really good way um, super thankful for it you come in as a d- different way because you come in yeah. straight as a coach and we've had people come in straight as a coach previously and it doesn't always work the homegrown way works really well and bringing a coach yeah. works in really well but they don't always do that, right? It's a tricky one because 
everyone coaches very differently. And I yeah. think you are, I do think it is a role that if you're born to do it, you're born to do it and you've, you've got it in your locker sort of thing. It's certainly skills you can learn, like mm. massively. But there is just certain kinds of people, probably normally the more sociable ones, who just have that little bit extra maybe experience in, the, in a social environment where they can talk to anyone, they can chat to anyone, they can kind of bring out the positivity in the room even when there's not a lot in it. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that creates clashing personalities, man. Like if you're a coach coming into an environment, kind of like I did, yeah. where there is obviously a hierarchy, there's people that have been here since day one, yeah. and you don't show that person respect or you don't show the institution that you're working in enough respect yeah. and show that, you, you know what, I'm willing to lay on lay down on the ground and work until I'm, you know, at your level. Absolutely. I suppose what I'm trying to say is you can't come in with an ego. No. I came in having two, two and a bit years experience of coaching, but I treated this place like it was day one again. Yeah. Because. But it's different. I want to, yeah, you've got, I feel like you have to take what you've learned, but then you have to always empty your cup and fill it back up again. Yeah. Yeah. I've coached in different so. boxes um, when I was up in Scotland and it's certainly different. I think people were quite accepting of me early on because I'd done it for a while here yeah. and when I was coaching it was it was obvious that I knew what I was on about mm. but in a community sense you still have to put in those hours to, to yeah. build yourself as part of a community you can't just come in and expect to be accepted no of course so I guess the overarching point of all of this is that they both help each other being a good coach helps you do these endurance challenges yep. and doing these endurance challenges helps you be a good coach it's like you, you can't have sort of one or the other It'll be interesting to see where we go next with it. I remember after we did the 24-hour challenge, it was we, we haven't spoke about any sort of challenge since Alex suggested doing the Coventry Way. Mm. Um, so I feel like it might be a similar thing. Something might just pop up and we'll be like, oh, that'd be good. Small snippets of ideas from him. Oh, yeah. Well, um, you want about the obstacle course? Yeah, d- d- I want to say small snippets of ideas, nothing with any, nothing with any like... Substance. Uh, yeah, like just, just chats, really. I think... If we went that way of an, an obstacle course somewhere or a military style obstacle course, mm-hmm. sort of get back to wildcard routes with yeah. Prison Alex, I think that'd be a really cool idea. I, I, logistics of it, you've got, yeah. I've got no idea where we'd go or how we'd do it. Um, See, I like half of it. I something like, like that. I like the idea of it. And we, we did actually speak about, like an, even before we did the 24 hour thing, yeah. the whole like marine style obstacle course, few day trek thingy yeah. was always part of it. The problem with it is that you have to sort of bring in third parties, so you'd have to have someone from the world yeah. to help you through it, and that sort of takes it. away. I like, I love the idea where, let's so say the twenty-four hour wad, mm. you show up at six o'clock like you would any other day. That was the beauty of it. It was like, right, we're here for the six o'clock class, but you don't leave until six o'clock the following day. So they required no one else, no yep. external help. It was just us. Similar with these, the forty-mile walk, show up at the Queen's Head in Meriden, mm. five o'clock. We're leaving at five thirty. No one else is involved. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's just this community, and I think bringing third parties in and relying on external help mm. may take away from it slightly. That being said, there is some cool opportunities that we could do if we did bring it in. You know what I mean? I think we could push the bow out a little bit more. We could definitely do a little bit of like I don't know. I need to find. I need to flesh out the idea in terms of like the fitnessy side of things maybe it would just be a hike but I reckon a camp out would be cool as hell yeah like if you did a hike to then camp yeah. out and a hike back or something like that yeah that's um, quite like that idea just because again it's that it, I mean let's do it in the fucking summer yeah but um, something like that would be quite cool I think just very outdoorsy that's like cool functional fitness isn't it I guess yeah 
I don't know how you'd work in other than the hiker, like I say. Um, you know, the whole wildcard fitness event type thing, but there's definitely something there. I mean, I remember saying, Alex was saying he'd love to do a bit of a camp out, but again, we came to the same conclusion, was like, is it really fitness? Yeah, so, true. And there's always been that it's fitness fine. thing. It's element, finding that so. delicate balance between like a complete mental challenge mm. um, or a complete physical challenge and finding the sweet spot in between. Yeah. Where people, but then also the accessibility is, is a big part of it because the 24 hour workout, really, if you know, if you come and, and do classes here, mm. you can do the 24 hour wad unless there's something yeah. drastically wrong that means you can't do it. Yeah. Most people, like if you saw all the people that did it, yeah, there's a few beasts involved, but there's a lot of average Joes that did it. People that just do CrossFit, but were like, oh, I'm going to get to it. It's the best thing about the sport. You can yeah. scale absolutely everything, right? Yeah. You can be fresh off the foundation course, straight into a class. And potentially do the 24 hour one wouldn't recommend it I wouldn't recommend it but you could potentially do that because we could scale everything back yeah. to where it's all within your capability yeah but then it, that it then comes across to that tone from the top thing where it's like because people trust prison Alex and the coaches a lot yeah. as soon as we put an idea to people and we say oh this is possible mm. we're going to do this people start going like oh maybe I could do that because I trust them with my daily fitness anyway and they also know that they've got to watch us suffer through it as well yeah which which they don't always get to see. No. I think that's always a, that's a good part of it as well because we yep. train, generally speaking, outside of classes. I've done my best within the last few weeks to hop in where I can. Yeah. But as you find, when you're working a lot, you just don't have the time. Oh, it's hard. Hard to get in. Um, I find like sometimes if I've coached, like on a Thursday, I coach three classes in that day. Mm -hmm. And then when I train on that sort of time, it's either in between the second and the third class or mm -hmm. by the time I finish that, you know, the next class until 5.30, that would mean I'd spend, what, 5.30 in the morning until yeah. 5.30 at night in this place. Time, Hard. It, just, it just makes no sense. However, tomorrow, I've got a prime opportunity where I'm not coaching any classes. I think you are now. Yeah. And I can just jump in. And I can be yeah, like, no, I don't have to worry about you'll it. You'll love tomorrow. I'm almost I'm half gutted that I'm not doing it. Yeah, it would have been good. So I'm, I'm sound. So that's, I, I'd mm. like to be a part of it. But because it's bank holiday tomorrow... Um, There'll just be a, a fair amount of people here, yeah. Um, because obviously everybody squeezes their training into that allotted time that they can. Yeah. So it feels like a bit of an event, and there'll be and the way that it's programmed tomorrow is really cool. It's mm. a mile run, and then we've got some Cindy stuff, and then some gross stuff at the end. Yeah. It'll be a real, and then you'll have all the people doing strong class as well. Yeah. It'll be a real cool vibe. So stuff like that is a good thing to do. My feet are gonna hurt. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be see something. how that one goes. But it is training for. It looks like we're starting the Murph sort mm. of training cycle. The, I, the, like the hero wad today was very Murphy, um, four hundred meter run, and then a bunch of body weight movements. So yeah. And the option of doing it in a weight vest, and then you look at what it is tomorrow. It looks like we are gearing up to that, which will be your first Murph, won't it? It will be. Yeah. Oh shit! Literally never done. Uh, no, never done anything remotely close before I, Cindy had done a couple of rounds of Cindy work in a day but mm -hmm. um, I think I've done that Cindy workout maybe three times so that's it so it literally will be like fresh baby Murph yeah I know um, it's completely different when you throw runs either side yeah like you attack it massively you start the middle bit with an elevated heart rate so mm. that sucks like the best thing about Cindy um, is it takes a while for your heart rate to increase. Yeah, so you, get like, you can gas a few rounds. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. you get it. like eight, nine minutes into it and you're like, oh, you know what, I'm actually feeling all right. But if you're anyone like me and running kicks the arse out of you, you come back, um, you get into the gym after yeah. that first mile run and then you've got all that work to do 
Um, I think it makes it more difficult as well. Cindy's a 20-minute AMRAP, so you can take your foot off the gas a little mm-hmm. bit, whereas you have 100 pull-ups, 200 press-ups, 300 air squats to do in some format. You can partition it any way you want. You, you said the standard's normally 20 rounds, Cindy, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, my favourite way to do it, um, just because it keeps the pull-ups low in the rounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you just you can rest in between transitions as opposed to resting um, within that one movement. Because yeah. that's when you start to slow down, when you start sort of shaking your arms out and staring at the bar, and it gets a bit rough. Yeah, it's annoying because for my first one, I know I want to just enjoy it, it hard but it's a hard one to enjoy, yeah. and it's also I like a challenge, man. And I yeah. we were talking before, like in something like Murph, if you put a weight vest on and you don't really want to be taking that off, can't take it off. Um, you know, you d- you don't want to be in that position. Again, especially in the sort of coach's role, you want to be setting the standard, setting the example of like, this has gone on now. Mm-hmm. This means I'm not taking it off till I'm done. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. First this time round, do I just want to get experience in the I workout? Just, I just do I just want to done. set a nice time? Yeah. Because theoretically, without the weight vest, I should be able to finish that in... 45 minutes to an hour? An hour, that'd be nice. An hour, yeah. It, what I think once you it, can do... If yeah. you do it an hour without a weight vest then that's you a know solid you scale, yeah, yeah. You know you scaled it right as soon yeah. as it starts taking more than an hour that's sort of where it's like ah, you, you've gone you've gone a little bit wrong yeah you're resting for like six and a half minutes at yeah. some point and that's it just like means that could have been your mile run you were like walking the run or yeah. the middle part just it, it basically just becomes like not the stimulus you're after mm. and you end up just finishing it being like oh, that was alright yeah. whereas it's supposed to be like a 45 minute to 60 minute like go get up that's what yeah. makes it so difficult but with any of these hero workouts, that's what I like the most about it is it is, is always in memory of someone. Yeah. So we did one another thing. We did one today and it's just good. It changes the vibe a little bit when you're doing a workout in memory of someone who gave their life so the rest of us could have enjoy this nice, lovely freedom that we have. Well, we don't have loads of it at the moment, but well, yeah. in, in general, you know. Yeah. So it just changes the atmosphere a little bit, especially with a workout like this, it's so highly scalable. That everybody who does it, no matter what level they're at, it sort of looks the same. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, people love doing endurance challenges with Murph as well. They'll do like twenty. There was, a, I think, it was a guy that did twenty-four hours of Murph. I don't know if he did Murph twenty-four times, but I definitely know he did Murph continuously Ugh. for twenty-four hours. So the dude was just running pull-ups, press-ups, as what's running continuously. And we have spoke about that actually for a potential challenge, but. That might be a bit nuts. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to include everyone, and that might get a bit crazy. Yeah, I don't know if that is the, the best way to do things. I want to touch on recovery a little bit, um, just because it's been obviously at the forefront of, our, of everyone's minds this week. Yeah, because people are sort of dealing with the forty mile walk in different ways. Yeah. But then, in general, just recovery as a tool. You said something cool yesterday that was like sometimes getting after it is doing nothing yeah. and i've approached today with that big mentality. lesson to so learn. i've been like oh i'm getting after it today but i'm getting after it with my calories yep. my sleep and my chilling which i love this like recovery is my jam right because love a bit of recovery. i know full well i've watched so many successful sports athletes i've read books documentaries all that. it's what i absorb and i'm going to talk a little bit about it i'm not going to go to much but strongman is my like jam right yeah, you love it if you want to win at strongman in strength sports, you need to. Well, you've got to be the strongest, but you got to recover harder than anyone else possible. My man Eddie Hall, uh-huh. 
he'll you can hear it on so many different videos. He'll be like, "Yeah, I spent six to eight hundred pounds a week recovering my body." So that's a shitload of money, man. Obviously, yeah. no one is, is going to be on this, that level. Like throughout his career as well, like prior to him getting probably like the last, I'd say, six years, if not from the start when okay. he was burning the candle at both ends. So Working just a little bit on his story. He worked full time. He had a separate business, and then had a few sponsors here and there. But mm. obviously, was training twenty hours a week, strongman. You know, burning the candle at both ends. What I mean by that is like. Trying to put, trying to earn as much money to put into his career, but then sacrificing sort of family life, you know, free time, all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, so I learned that lesson quite quickly because he worked harder than anyone else, but he worked harder at that recovery thing. And I've noticed, just in my own training as well, that like if I can stay fresh longer than anyone else, it gives me that little edge in my mind that's like, well, I do this and they don't. I've spent more time doing this than they don't. Mm-hmm. I'm able to do more workouts in a week because I'm not tired. I'm not sore. I'm not tired. I've, you know, taken that hour off myself to watch Netflix and manga out where I think I'm chilling out. I've put that hour into my sleep and I feel so much better for it. Yeah. It's hard. Certainly very, very hard. But if you can recover quicker than anyone else, you can work harder than anyone else. Yeah, well, that was Fraser's big thing, right? Yeah. The, um five-time CrossFit game champ, he, I mean, someone's, I think it was one of his coaches was like, everyone's getting after it. Everyone's yeah. working out until they pass out. Everyone's doing squat cycles. Yeah. No one's got like, their sleep dialed in. Nope. No one's got their nutrition absolutely bang on. Because um, they're the hard to things to do, man. Like Sleep is the hardest one. For oh, if you, yeah, like you just said then, man. Like, no, if you're trying to get somewhere in a sport, right? You're not skimping on training. That's the one thing you're not doing, isn't it? Like yeah. Every man and his dog, if you're trying to be number one, you're training like you're trying to be number one. Because if you're not being number one, even if you're just trying to be number one within your circle of friends, yeah. like you're you're going to be like, right, obviously I've got to get yeah. after it. You're smashing the pre-workout before your sessions. Yeah. You're doing, I don't that know. Extra rep, that extra kilo. Yeah, you're just trying to get after it in any way can. But yeah. then what all you'll find is that a bit of a little little stealth ninja will come in underneath you who's maybe gone home that hour earlier from training and might get a bit of stick for it but he spent that hour in limber or something like that or yeah. with his massage gun or he's prepped all his food for the week so he's effectively saved himself like four hours of cooking time yeah that he then invests in something else yeah something that blew my mind the other day <sighs> or i think it was yesterday and it's mm. the most obvious thing ever and i don't know why it didn't click i think it was something i think you posted something like Oh, imagine if I'd have got like an extra hour yeah, a day or something like that. And it made me think. So I, I think I probably average like seven or eight hours a night. Yeah. And it's never fully uninterrupted. I don't sleep nope. great at the minute. But let's say I was able to add an extra hour a night of sleep. Yeah. That's an extra day of sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like rather than seven days in a week worth of sleep for, yeah. for my average, I'd have slept eight days a week in yeah. a seven day a week in terms yeah. of hourly average. And I was thinking like, shit, that's an extra sleep day. Yeah. Like the amount. The amount that I would recover from that and be able to sort of come in and get after it again, because that's what it is. Isn't it? But then that's the hard thing. It's like if you're going to recover more, does that mean you then have to use that work recovery harder. to train more, or is it just train as much as you do now? Well, recover more. You know what I mean? It's this the big balance. The big thing. So I I posted about this on my Instagram, like maybe the week of the week after the um the forty miler, because I had to sit myself down and be like, you can't train ninety percent this week you can't do it like you have to just hit your bare minimum but like 
I can't be going in with the same mindset I've had for the past sort of three weeks, which was like, all right, you burn that flame as hot as you possibly can every yeah, time you're in that gym. It has been a big three weeks. Had to take it down uh, a little bit. Kind of treat it like a deload, sort of. Yeah. Um, all I did basically was try and keep the strength up, but like took a little bit of the intensity out of some workouts. So the like, like the Metcons. Yeah, so when we did the Metcons together, I'd see you ahead and stuff, and normally I'd try and push that gas pedal down, whereas uh-huh. this time I was like, rein it in a little bit, let your injuries recover, like don't smash your toes on the double unders, don't yeah. drop onto the floor in a burpee and hit your hips and all that stuff. Got yeah. So but, just save the body. Yeah, save the body. But the post I was talking about was, um, I said, if you um, think about repeatability, right? So when you're recovering or you're trying to recover so much, what I've done in the past couple of weeks is burn that flame as hot as I can. If I'm not recovering enough, I won't be able to then burn that flame as hot as I can the next week. And mm-hmm. if that's not happening, I'm working too hard or I'm not recovering hard enough. Because you you don't want to like recover more and then train even more because then you're yeah. creating that deficit. What you want to do is train as hard as you physically can and then make sure you recover enough to repeat that same thing. If you can repeatedly train as hard as you possibly can, you know you're probably not training as hard as you possibly can. <sighs> no, you right? should be. You should be training. You should. No, I mean, be, if, well, okay. Yeah, right, yeah. So if you if you're, what I'm trying to say is that if you can't repeat your best effort, you know, because you're always going to beat it in competition. Yeah. You know, Matt Fraser will tell you loads that in training he'll never get anywhere near his times for metcons that he does in competition because yeah. it's just a different level. But like your best effort on. I met Con in the gym. Realistically, you should be recovering enough to at least get close, or if not in that ballpark. Like, if, what I'm trying to say is that if you did like Fran or whatever, got set a time, I don't know, what, what's your Fran time? 3.14. There you go, 3.14, right? If you then wanted to. hungover. There you go. So let's say 4.20, because <laughs> it's probably a bit more of a realistic time. Three, three something was like probably your your max like your best best um, to be, no i reckon that was like two years ago i reckon i can get under three minutes now. okay so all right let's, let's go do it now let's say you got 315 on say monday one week right if you've recovered well the next week uh-huh. you should be able to get pretty damn close to that time okay. and if you can't let's say you tank it which i know someone who does this and then gets like eight minutes and then oh, will okay. beat yourself up and be like oh it was a fluke it was a fluke it's not a fluke you're just going down. Yeah, you're yeah, sinking yeah. that ship because you're working so hard, you're just sinking. And then you're going to yeah. probably hit bottom and then you're going to be like, oh no, my training's gone to shit. I've had like one good week and three bad weeks and then you'll have one good week. You should pretty much just be having a consistently good weeks. You mm. should monitor it enough so that you can keep in that, it depends what phase you're in, obviously overreaching or whatever, mm-hmm. but you should be able to keep it at a point where you're constantly making small incremental gains. I think it's the, that's, that's where the trick it, with recovery. Yeah, where it gets and to hard. with when you're at the standard that we're at, which is by no means like an elite standard, not even close. It's getting but <laughs> certainly a good few years into training yeah. and certainly sort of riding the wave. Gains become so incremental that yeah. you have to be careful with it. I remember when I first started, I could come in, I could come in and PB my deadlift probably PB my friend time a couple mm-hmm. hours after and then I could come in the day after do high volume squats and then I could do a five carry and it was just sound like when mm-hmm. you're training when you're training newbie things just go up and up and up so you're sweet but then when you get to a point where you've been training from I think it probably happens around the like four year plus mark of training yeah. hard maybe yeah. three years if you've been really pushing it and you've got some training experience prior to that you really do have to start thinking about these things because you can't just mm-hmm. go hard all the time 
you know, I did like a three month squat cycle to put two and a half kilos on my back squat. Like it's, it gets it's depressing. Sort of, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you really have to start finding other parts of your game that you can improve on. Yeah, and massively. I think, especially in the last couple of weeks, I've started to think more about what, like today is one of the first days in a while where I'm having, where I'm treating recovery as a training day. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, man. It's like I, I feel like I'm training today and getting better, but I'm just making sure I'm getting my calories. You're, you're training in a way that is preparing for like the hard uphill climb that is constantly trying to push for better fitness gains. Yeah, man, it's um, crazy. There's a weird thing that happens in my head. I'm not sure what it's completely to do with, but when I knew that after this 40 mile walk, people were sort of taking their foot off the gas for a, yeah. for a week, I was like, this week's going to Well, you can put the gas pedal down. I was like, I'm going to go. Good mentality. So, uh, yeah, sometimes it's, stupid. It's, Luckily this week it wasn't. Yeah. I, I genuinely was recovered fine after a day which is something well you did the you did the 40 mile reasonably unscathed other than like let's say the the chronic fatigue yeah no blisters no like sore joints maybe other than like what you would expect yeah the soles of my feet hurt a little bit yeah we've got youth on our side as well yeah (laughs) weird thing in the back of my leg yeah that didn't affect my ability to squat it just affected my ability to walk and when we Mm. had squats on monday I started squatting i had no pain and no tiredness and i was like well i've got no no reason to not and the fact that everyone else was resting, I was like, oh, I can, I can make some money here. Like, I can, I can go hard. Yeah, man. And, and that's where recovery is the weird thing because you can't treat it like you treat training. Yeah. So, like, if I if we see each other getting after in training, it'll make us want to get after it more, right? Uh-huh. But if I see you recovered really, really well, I can't really magic that recovery out of nowhere, mm. right? I do. Some people will have to take a couple of days. Some people won't have to rest at all. Some people will handle different strains better than others like it's it, i think recovery is so individualized we always you know you can everyone can do physio everyone can do hot cold everyone can go to sleep everyone can drink their water but how much water how much sleep how much physio does one person need do you need a massage once a month or is yeah. it four times a week because you have recurring oh, no, injuries expensive. it's well that's what i mean it, yeah. it's so in, it's individualized there is a sort of like base standards or whatever mm-hmm. but if you're coming in and getting after it i can come in and get after it but if you've just recovered from 40 miles better than I did, I've got to wait. Yeah. There's no, other, there's no other way around you that. You took the smart decision of waiting. Like, you could have been like, just oh, a few I'll days. Just, I'll I, just... Yeah. I, you definitely, I messaged Priz and was like, what are you doing today? And he was like, you know, just asked what was wrong. I was like, my feet hurt, my joints hurt a little bit. He was like, don't squat because you feel okay. But I, he was like, your joints and your your sort of like structure needs a little bit of time took that one day off came back the next day and i was like that was such a good idea because i would be sore today yeah and it was was probably a good idea doing like light cardio just to get some blood flow i may do something today where i was Mm. like i was thinking about maybe doing some like empty bar deadlifts and a little bit of cycling just to get some blood flow going Blood flow is so the biggest thing for recovery. spoke a lot so. about um, the physical side of recovery. I'm curious about the mental side of recovery. Okay. Um, you know, does watching your favorite Netflix series help? Does listening yeah, to music man. you enjoy help? Does spending time with loved ones help? You know what I mean? These 100%. things that you don't think this, about. The physiological side of things impacted so much by your mental state. Right. You know, I was reading something the other day that she was like fatigue or like trauma, let's say. Um, something is more more than likely manifested in your body more than your mind. So although you like witness trauma or something like that, let's say 
on a pretty relevant topic at, at some points. Um, loved ones, like you have a you have a girlfriend or something like that, you end up splitting up for whatever reason. You might be like, okay, logically and rationally, you can be like, yeah, that's fine, no worries. You know, happens. the way the world is, happens. it happens. But then your body, you will feel fatigue from that. You won't realize oh, yeah. it. Your mental, your your mind won't be like, cool, I'm over it. I need to go to training. I need to go do this. That spring in your step, it's gone. And yeah. you need to take a while to get that back. And that's that's what it is. It's it can work both ways. Though. Yeah, I think hundred percent. Almost a prime example mm. where sometimes it knocks you for six. I've had breakups that have yep. done that and have sort of floored me and been like, oh, I'm lacking energy and motivation. Yeah. And I've had some breakups. I, a breakup started this whole fitness journey for me. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I was yeah. always like a rugby player and I liked lifting weights and stuff, but I was never like hitting it hard. Mm. And then around 18, I had a breakup. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get strong. Well, you, uh, you know. And then and I think it's because I wasn't that torn up about it. But I was, I was, I was torn up enough to make some changes, but not channeling enough. it. That's yeah, that's right? the difference. I as a, as a coach for PT or whatever, you get so many people break up and then come to you and be like, "I want to get fit and healthy." Yeah, I suppose a lot of it starts from like wanting them to see what they've missed in oh, a way. It definitely comes, but it changes that. very quickly when they realise that you shouldn't be doing this for anyone else, and that's that's yeah. how I coach and and yeah, you you watch a lot of people go through that. But if you then, can ride that wave of doing massive. it for some, you know what I mean? Like doing it in spite of someone for six months until yep. you've built the habits where all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't think about that person yep. anymore. And you won't. You really no. won't. Like no. they're not watching you. You're not, you don't really care what they think. No. You just need that distraction. Yeah. And it's a really good distraction to have. It's so much better than, you know, drinking your sorrows away or something like that. There's a time and a place for it, but yeah. there's a, I always used to have a saying, so I had a similar thing like during university when I really started to dial everything in. Um, you always have girl troubles or boy troubles in uni I remember thinking to myself like right where can I go where I don't have to think about any of this stuff anymore and I can just concentrate you'd think it would be the library for your course but that's not true because no, it's hard fuck the library. it's I walk into the gym and I'm here for no one else yeah. if I pick up a dumbbell and do one bicep curl I am one bicep curl closer to you know at the time bodybuilding whatever I am one you know, deadlift kilo away from the goal I've set myself. And mm. there's just something really satisfying about walking into a place and getting after it in terms of that. And that is cathartic. Yeah. I mean, it's very primal. Um, yeah. It, it comes it down is. to their instincts of just, just wanting to progress. Mm. I think that's so good for your mind. Yeah. Pro like progression so it, is it's, so important. It's a form of recovery. You're recovering from that trauma. Yeah, yeah, but wow. just just in general for anything, it doesn't matter what has ever been going on my, in my life in terms of work stress, relationship stress, friend stress, yeah. life stress, whatever it is, I've always fell back on training. Yeah, man. Pretty much throughout my entire life, there was a small gap yeah. of maybe a year and a half where it was all more sort of music based. I would fall yeah. back on that creative stuff, which I, in fact, I've started to do more now. Yeah, um, because for certain some reasons it's it's nice for me to be out of the gym um, at certain times. And, yeah, there's definitely a good thing about having a few outlets for it. Yeah, so I think if I can progress in other ways mm. that can be where the trajectory is more vertical than this current physical one, because there's yeah. obviously diminishing marginal returns when it comes to training. And 100%. definitely at that sort of upper peak where things are quite slow. Mm. But if I focus on a different creative project or a different physical skill be it rock climbing or running or rowing or swimming 
that's anything where I can make big improvements at, I find that's when I'm most alive. Yeah, and that's that's what you come back to. Like, does watching Netflix help you recover? Hundred percent yeah. does because it's a lot of recovery is about keeping that and keeping your your heart rate low, right? Other stresses in your life, so all of that, you know, social interaction, emotional, keeping your emotions in check is a massive thing. And so if for me, sometimes I obviously I studied film at university. So for me, if I put a film on, mm. it's like the world is bliss. I just focus on that. Mm-hmm. You just enjoy it for what it is, and it's very like when you use a really cool word here. It's very tranquil because yeah. I'm like I can just I've did study film for three years, so now I just get to do that again. Um, yeah, calms you down, and I fortunately have a nice little gadget called Whoop, which will tell me these things. And if I if I went and had a look at it, it would tell me that. Having my phone in bed, which is a notorious no-no for people who want to improve their sleep, oh, but yeah? they'll tell me that if I have my oh. phone in bed, of the sixty-four times I've recorded it, something like that, it like increases my recovery by like six percent. I think yeah, especially when you say about the phone, because it's pretty much the first thing I do in the morning. Yeah. And if someone asked me why, I wouldn't be able to tell you the why, unless it's like. If I'm on an early one, if I'm doing the morning classes, my phone needs to be near me. Otherwise, I'll be praying about the alarm not yep. waking me up. So that's one time where I'm like, no, it needs to be close to me because of that. But generally, if I don't have anything to wake up for, I really want to try and get in the habit of not looking at my phone first thing. Yeah. Because it is the first fucking thing I do every single morning. Yep. So so is is the same for probably 90% of people, if not more. Jesus. Our age, probably more. Oh, probably God, yeah. 99%. There's very, very few people, I think. I, I got into the habit of it for a little while, but... Um, I try and not nowadays I'm really bad at it I suppose it's part of my job but like if I'm going on my phone then I try not to go on and go on my phone and go on social media straight away yeah that's a tricky one to get out of habit then of what else do you do on your phone well I look at my whoop score because yeah. I base my day usually training is obviously a massive part of it coaching is a massive part of it I base my day around how um, much I want to pack in mm to allow myself to recover basically if I wake up and I'm in the red it's quite rare unless I've done a 40 miler or something like that um, then I'll try and I'll try and make my day as easy as possible for myself and I'll just let my body do its thing whereas if I'm in the green I'm like right pack this day full of yeah. as much crap as I can get in so that I can you know probably prepare for a day where I'm not not that recovered it, it's kind of like that um, check in time with myself to be like okay green i feel good what can i get done today what sort of things can i i, I sort of write out or whatever and say like i need mm. to get this this and this done because i've got no excuse whereas if i'm orange or green or red or whatever whatever other color it would be um i could just manage sort of my emotional state and my physical state a bit easier yeah yeah but that the, makes a lot of the, sense the social media thing is it adds no value to your life you wake up in the morning you just see some of them that might take away from your happiness before yeah, you've I'm, even gone out of bed yeah this is what i mean i don't want anything that's gonna like detract from my day before I've even fully woken up yeah. yet. I think it might have to be a conscious effort where, but then I don't want to have to be like, no, I need to ban myself. I want to just be like mm. content with just getting up and cracking on with my day. Let we've, me, um, you know, we've survived for millennia without these things. Let me introduce you to one of the best sayings ever. You love a saying. Go on. You love a saying. Will going on your phone in the morning, looking at social media, make the boat go faster? That comes from no, but what's the boat? The I think I'm gonna probably butcher this. I think 2005 English Olympic rowing team, something like that. Oh, okay. So they literally meant the boat. Yeah, they <laughs> meant the boat. So they had come. Oh, that's 
second and third, or they hadn't won anything anyway for a long time. Mm. I think it was coming to the end of this team sort of run when they would then probably get fresh new blood in or something like that. Yeah. Um, and like before the Olympics, on the sort of years training up to it, they were going, right, we can either do the same thing we've been doing for the past years and expect the same results, or we can yeah. try something different. Mm-hmm. And they basically just said, right, no matter what we do, before we do anything, we have to say, will it make the boat go faster? Right. And so to put it in simple terms, it was, okay, it's Friday night, I want to get out and pop my friends, will it make the boat go faster? Sadly not. <laughs> what about getting up at 6am and doing like 15 yeah. rowing intervals of so-and-so? Fortunately, yes, so that's what they did. That year, they absolutely stormed it. Oh, yeah. Came back from a ridiculous like little gap where even the commentators were like, yep, yeah, not going to make it. It'll be the third year in a row. They don't do this. And they blitzed it. One gold. He went on to then do like business seminars. This one guy from the rowing team who said that phrase, and I'm really sorry, I can't remember his name. The only rower I can think um, of was Stephen Redgrave. Was it? Wasn't him, no. Yeah, legend. Um, but he basically then went on to say, like, if you've got a goal you want to achieve, for them, it was making that boat go faster. But for mm. you, is it, you know, winning your next CrossFit competition? Yeah. Will it make you win the next CrossFit competition? Yes or no? If the answer is no, don't do it. If the answer is yes, far away. So that is easy if you're an athlete. So for, for it's not easy, but it's simple. It, yeah. you know, it boils down to that. But then if you are if you are a lifestyle athlete, which yep. me and you are, I mean, we have bigger goals mm. uh, down the road. But for now, we're pretty much lifestyle athletes. Yeah. Um, so the questions you ask yourself is more about like fulfillment in day-to-day life hmm. and there's like there's a lot of different things that are going on it's not simply oh, i want my back squat higher i want my friend time lower it comes down to all of these different things so the questions that you're asking yourself isn't always necessarily is it going to make the boat go faster it's is it going to make me happier or am yeah I be more it's fulfilled quite have a little bit of balance right like i'm i'm fully committed to being a trying to be a full-time athlete at one point in my life. Yeah, got it. Um, I'm getting any freaking younger. Um, But, yeah, at this point, right? Yeah, exactly. At this point, at 24, 25 years old, you know, I I went out last night for a few points. I I could have sat there in in my chair at nine o'clock and been like, will it make the boat go faster? Probably not. But at the same time, sometimes, you know, I've got people I want to see. Yeah. And that's yeah, important I mean, in life. Yeah, exactly. And you, you have to make those sacrifices sometimes, but know when to make a sacrifice and know when it's yeah. important for your emotional health to be like, I need to go and just see my friends. You don't have to drink. You don't have to stay no. out till, you know, seven o'clock next morning. But it's important to go, okay, I'm going to sacrifice a couple of hours of sleep here mm. because that this is going to give me a greater um, plus in the week than ignoring my friends see i was the opposite so, last night i'm just don't get me wrong i have nights like you all the yeah. time where it's like oh no i need to go and be a bit social and see people mm-hmm. last night was the exact opposite i was like i would need to sit in like a quiet cool dark room yeah. watch the snooker eat a load of food chill out and chill i had yeah. like people texting me as well like yo christ hard living in Earlson as well because you got like three so clubs near you. yeah literally there was like two circles of friends of mine within like 30 second walk of me being like yo just come come chill have, have a beer and that and I was just like, I don't, I don't want it to turn into anything else. I'm bad at going out for just like one or two. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I think it is important to go out for one or two or go out and have mm. big sessions. I had a big one in the week. Um, but last night was really important for me to be like, oh, I need to wake up tomorrow having had nine hours sleep, the right amount of calories, zero alcohol. I was like, I need no alcohol in my system mm. so that I can get up, come here, coach, not train, but recover do this podcast yeah, i got something to do after this as well and i want to do that with full energy 
because yeah. I was like, that's what's going to make me feel happy and fulfilled. Yeah, 100%. You've you got to... Um, I tend to think of it sometimes as like, am I doing my... Is this going to do my body a favor, right? Yeah. Um, but then your body and your mind are the same thing. So for you last yeah. night, is going out and seeing my friends going to do my body slash mind a favor? Probably, yeah. That was the mm. conclusion that you came to. Pretty and much, you, yeah. You, you've not needed to train today. You've come in here and you're pretty fresh. You've had a nice yeah. walk in. Recovery like, is nice. I'm, it's yeah. to be expected. Like I sacrificed a couple hours of sleep, right? So I'm going to be, I think off the top of my head, it's like 37%, which isn't isn't good. Mm. 50% or lower is like not the greatest. Okay. But I could train today. I wouldn't be going 100%. Like I'll probably yeah. do some little bits afterwards just because, you know, I'm here. I might as well get a little bit in. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like it hasn't, I knew it. When I got home, I was like, this isn't going to ruin me. Because I didn't drink loads. Yeah. I was happy seeing my friends. I laughed. Laughing is yeah, such an endorphin release. And if I'd have sat at home and gone to bed, I, I wouldn't have been happy. And if you go to bed and happy, you wake up and happy. It's just like yeah. rolls into this big ball of I just mean, I was, misery. I was lucky last night that the snooker was fucking fire. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, Sean Murphy smashed it last night. So it was like therapeutic to watch to the point where I was like, oh, mm. this is incredible. Uh, like it gave me a little rush, which I never seem to say because I'm Massive. 24 years old. And I fucking love snooping. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. But like that makes you happy, right? And when you go to bed, like I say, going to bed with a smile on your face and a clear mind. Clear mind is just, the biggest thing. Ah, uh, tremendous, tremendous positive for your sleep. If you're going to bed thinking about stuff or Everything. worrying or overthinking or you, you know you've got yeah. something on your mind, it's not gonna happen. Doesn't it's not gonna happen. happen. You're gonna go to sleep, or if you do sleep, it'll be crap. Yeah, so you gotta do what you gotta do, and I think making the boat go faster uh, is all well and good. But like you said, sometimes making the boat go faster isn't always about saying no. Sometimes it's so just about true. saying, "Yeah, I need to go and do that." Huge, yeah. huge right turn coming up. Go on, we did sort of get off the forty mile topic a little bit. Though. I feel like we we did the forty mile enough. Yeah. So in summation, we walked forty two miles. It took. Just over 13 hours, I think 30 of us completed it. We raised uh, just under two and a half grand for two very good Coventry-based charities for youth improvement, brought mm-hmm. the community together, brought us all together. We all learned a bit about other people. Yep. All in all, great experience. Not going to do it again in a rush, but I uh, do love a good endurance challenge. So, Agreed. this is going to sound random as fuck, but I'm going somewhere with it. Cool. So, between 1987 and 1989... The first Liberian civil war occurred. Okay. <laughs> I know it's a strange segue, but I'm going somewhere with it. 250,000 people died within that. No, it was 89 to 97. So it was an eight year period. 250,000 people died. One of those was Quitty Pei. He died in Liberia. He gave birth to a woman called. He didn't give birth to a woman about. He had a child called Agnes Pei. Okay. She left Liberia when she was 12 on foot, um, just crossed the desert, went into Guinea. Mm -hmm. She grew up in Guinea in a refugee camp, gave birth to Quitipe, who was named after his grandfather. And when he was, so so this kid was born into a refugee camp in Guinea. Mm -hmm. When he was six six months old, they moved to Rhode Island, super poor. Obviously they've just come from Guinea. They got no money, they got nothing. So this was 1997. So he's pretty much the same age as us. He's actually mm-hmm. younger than us. Yeah. Yesterday he was drafted in the first round of the NFL draft for the Indianapolis Colts. And I remember it was just yeah. It's so I love a story like this so much, and it made me think like, how the hell did 
the Liberian civil war have an effect on the 2021 NFL draft? Like to think that though that yeah, those two things are those two things occurred. But I guess the overarching topic that I wanted to segue onto was this idea of like like suffering breeding success, mm. and that is such a big thing in this case. Like during the NFL draft this year, all the focus has been on. So there's been like four or five top quarterbacks that have come out of the college level, yeah, and all the focus has been on them. They're big names. They're really really good, great prospects. And then I started finding out about this kid. Um, I say kid because he's younger than me, but mm. the dude is 6'4", 272 pounds, and runs 40 meters in 4.52 seconds. Oh, my Lord. Can you imagine that running towards you? So he was state high jump champion and 4 by 100 meter relay champion as well. But this 6'4", is a kid. 272. God, that's a big, big boy, 4.5 to 440 meter dash. If you think 225 is 100 kilos, so he's what, 100 and... 20, 30? So it's 50 pounds on top of that. So, tw- yeah, 120. <sighs> big, big, like, yeah. That's a unit of a man. Yeah, but so he sort I guess he sort of figured out that he was athletic in his early years and started mm. picking up, like, pickup football with his mates. Yeah. Then went to, like, an organized sort of football training thing. Then he met one of, so he was in Rhode Island and he met one of the only other professional NFL players to come from Rhode Island. I can't remember what his name was, but they started chatting. Quitty Pay figured out what high school he went to and then he told his mom that he wanted to go to the same one. Fairly prestigious high school. I think that he was like 10 grand a year, which I mean, you know, for a refuge, for a single mom friend who was born in, you know, wartime. Yeah. Uh, in Liberia or so, what? yeah it's it, not an easy thing to do so she worked like three jobs never saw him play a single snap of football ever didn't know um, I guess she knew about his ability because he probably had good stats and stuff and yeah. I, I bet he was a big kid yeah. but uh, she never saw him play she was doing all of this because he was like I can do this like I can go and get wait so he didn't even go for scholarship he went to pay to get into that so he had to pay to go into high school yeah I don't know how high school scholarships work but I know he can get one so he's paying to go to this, or her, the mom is paying for him to go to this high school. And he's just grafting day in, day out. Yeah. He gets a D1 scholarship at, I should know this, Michi- I think it was Michigan State. Yeah, there you go. So scholarship's what you want to go for. Yeah, right? so he, and got, he got the D1 scholarship, which was essentially like the dream because now he yeah. can be like college educated. Mm-hmm. He can go on and do whatever he wants. You know, even if you get to the college level, there's no guarantee you're making it to the NFL. No, you've got guys. injuries, all sorts of stuff, yeah. lifestyle factors. And then you're even if you kid. do get there, there's a joke. People call the NFL not for long yeah. because the average career is something like a season and a half or something yeah. crazy like that. So for him to then get drafted into the NFL in the first round after all of this, he's able to pay off all his mum's debts. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to be on... I, I don't know what it's oh, like. Made for, made for life. If, but, you, if you can... Bank a few paychecks in that. Yeah, save it well, invest, yeah. don't sprinkle your money, and yeah. it'll be fine. But I mean, it's crazy to me that people go through this. Cra- you know, to be born in a refugee oh, camp yeah, in Guinea, and then twenty years later, you've signed for the Indianapolis Colts. It just, it just makes no sense. Mm. But stuff like this happens all the time, and it just. It fills you with that stuff where it's like you can you can work yourself out of pretty much anything. There's, there's yeah. if, if you can work yourself out of wartime and make it to the NFL, there's no situation that is too difficult to just get your head down and graft. If you have yeah. a goal, you can just work towards it. Uh, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want Who said that? That's so, like, isn't someone tagline that phrase? Is um How bad do you want it? It's probably on a t-shirt somewhere. It's one of my favorite. Motivational speakers. You love a motivational speaker. I don't, but there's one guy, right? Mm. Um, I'm going to find his name because I do need to do him a little bit of justice. Mm. Um, who, uh, 
when I say I don't like motivational speakers, I do not speak badly on them or anything, mm-hmm. but I do think a lot of them probably made a lot of money off people and then sort of off people's insecurities. And yeah, stuff. and I, it's a tricky, it's a tricky little trade. I'm not sure they all do good. I think there's obviously a, a certain percentage of the motivational speakers out there that change people's lives. Mm. Um, but I think there's a lot of false promises. And I think you yeah. you need to... Um, I mean, I have my gripes with that Tony Robinson guy. Yeah. I remember being young, watching his stuff and being like, oh, this is cool as fuck. Like he's saying all these good things um, and he's helping people. And then as I got older and started finding out about how much people pay for these things, the life that he lives and a lot of the stories that come out of it. I remember it just sits wrong with me. Like, you know, the life coaches and stuff. Like we don't pretend to be life coaches, even if you're personal training someone or you're coaching someone the foundation is less going to improve physically. Yeah. Can guarantee nine times out of 10, that's going to translate into the rest of your life anyway. Eric but Thomas, a, by the way, is that motivational Eric speaker. Thomas. He's, he's a very, very good motiv- motivational speaker. Hmm. He, um, he does one like talk, I think at New Zealand. It's got, it got quite famous and stuff. You can find it on Spotify actually. If you okay. just search Eric Thomas, it will come up quite quick. Um, but yeah, I think him, his was how bad do you want it. And it's his, I think it's him anyway. You know, he's like, go lie in the water, struggle to breathe. He's like, when you want your goals as bad as you want to breathe, you're going to make them. And it's yeah. a bit like, that's the sort of thing I get was, well, it puts a lot of the pressure on you. And I think the problem with that is that, like, people can really, really want something. They just can't do it by themselves. Yeah. I think the pro- some of my issue with motivational speaking is that it puts a lot of the, the, the sort of honus and the, and the responsibility on yourself. And it's like, look, man, a rising tide rises all ships. Hmm. You, you know you need you need infrastructure you need a support group oh, around yeah, community man this is why this place has been so good why I love it so much yeah. because you got someone in here that might have massive ambitions and they ain't gonna have to do it by themselves no yeah and, and that obviously that kid probably he didn't do it by himself right if his mom wasn't there we wouldn't get nowhere exactly yeah I bet he had I bet he had a great coach oh, I yeah. bet his friends were great the um, amount of people that would have touched his life and helped him on his way yeah it's, it's, I do find it really hard to see when people achieve something great and they're not humble enough to mention every single, not every single person, but like, you know, the majority of people that have helped along the way. Yeah. Recognition for the smallest thing, you know, you're never going to remember them all. But there's people out there that would have, I, I could name a few, you wouldn't know who they are, but like, there's people out there that have maybe said a couple of sentences to me one day and it's made such an impact it's changed my whole course of my life interesting you'll never you shouldn't ever forget those things you shouldn't ever yeah pretend that you did it by yourself even the negative ones right yeah even if you have experiences also the negative ones yeah sometimes i think yeah even sometimes if you have negative experiences with people yeah be it their fault or your fault if Mm. you can learn and grow from it from be it mistakes or just bad experiences or saying the wrong thing or acting in the wrong way Mm mm-hmm there's so much to be learned from negative experiences as there is from people helping you. I think it's just taking the good and the Absolutely, bad and figuring yeah. it out. It's still a lot, well, like you were saying earlier with um, when you break up, it's challenging that, right? Yeah, it's challenging um, it in a healthy way. Good old, good old strong man. Uh, Eddie Hall, but he was going to do a 500 kilo deadlift on Facebook. It was just prior to him. Prior to him doing what, it. He wrote a little statement. He was like, I'm going to lift 500 so kilos strong. on Facebook. And everyone was like, no, you weren't. And he was like, hashtag back up your bullshit. Ah, uh, is that where that came from? Yeah, because he used to, he was like, I'm going to be world's strongest man. I'm going to be the first person to deadlift 500 kilos. Send on Facebook. Yeah. Hatred. No, no. Hatred came out of it. People were like, you're a joke. 
you can't even deadlift 400, you'll never do that. Shit. You're not even world's strongest man, you're just a fat tubby guy from Stoke. Like, all, oh, he did a post by once where he just scrolled. He was like, this is all the, this is all the naysayers. Mm. Um, that's what I love, mate. He talks about it in his book. Go and read his book if you haven't read his book. It's, it's the 20 minute read at okay. most because it's super oh, it easy. A quick, book, it? a, quick, a quick book and it's just easily digestible. Cool. Um, but yeah, it makes me laugh, man. Put a bet on himself, or we got someone to put a bet on for him of whether he'd do it or not. Because I think uh-huh. he had, I think he says it was only one other person that thought I could do it, and he wasn't even convinced. He only believed, I think, because he probably wanted him to do it. Mm. And that was a guy called Colin Bryce, who's been in basically founded Strongman. Uh, oh, um, I know that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was a, he was an Olympian. He got went to the Olympics for, uh, I think, like bobsled or something like that something really random anyway it's a pretty nail sport from what I can yeah I think it was bobsled it might have been something it might have been something else but like something really odd anyway like got literally like third pick because two other people dropped out so he just happened to go right anyway great strongman and then him and Eddie became quite good friends because Eddie Hall did a lot with the strongman industry blah 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 Mm -hmm. but yeah he said he sort of mentions he was like I think Colin Bryce thought I could do it but probably wouldn't say it just because he was a bit like more yeah is it, it Bear in mind, he broke the world record by 36 kilograms. Yeah, that's nice. That's like taking your max deadlift and sticking another 20 plate each side and go and pull it. You know, wouldn't you? Previous years to that, people have broke it by a kilo. Okay. So, no one. So, it was, no, it was a ludicrous it thing was, to say. What, 464? That was the record yeah, before he did it. Which he had. <laughs> what a joke. I feel like being the first guy to pull 500 is so much more impressive than like half thought pulling 501. Mate. Whilst it's an incredible feat of strength, still, um, yeah, there's you know the everyone remembers um, who's the four minute mile guy, Roger Bannister. Roger Bannister. Mm-hmm. I was going to call him Peter Bannison, and I was like, <laughs> I don't, don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> no. um, yeah, who's the second guy? Fuck knows. But everyone remembers Neil Armstrong. Who's the other dude? <sighs> yeah, uh, I actually do know this. Yeah, Fuck. you know you don't. You, the, this is exactly what he said about it. He he finished his lift or whatever, and like all in the interviews afterwards when it was kicking off, he was oh. like, look. I'm not stupid. Someone's going to break that. But I'm I've the first of, yeah. person to do that. And to do and it no one will ever like take a specified day in like a comp <sighs> environment with a crowd. Man, That's just... so different to half or pulling it. Anyway. And you, you watch two people go before him. I've got Joe Pritchett and Benny Magnuson. Benny Magnuson had the world, well, strongman deadlift anyway, uh, for a mm. long time. He's a yeah. really, really good deadlifter. Um, they both tried to pull it. I think one of them tore his hamstring, and the other that. one just yeah, couldn't they even had get a five hundred on the platform. Yeah, man, they both it. they both did. All three of them pulled like four seventy something, I think. Right. Uh, so they all had a new world record, and then the way it was is because it was sort of Eddie had said he was going to do it. It all started because Eddie said it was good. He was like, "I'm going last." Yeah. You two can go first. That's a big because it's like. By the way. I was like, he was like, none of you have got the balls to say you're going to do it. You're only just doing it now because there's prize money that I got. Yeah. The whole story is that Eddie went to Colin Bryce after getting 464 in Australia and went, how much money do you think the promoters would give me if I pulled 500? <laughs> and he was like, fuck off. And then he went, oh, I'm being serious, I'll pull 500. And they were like, I don't know, pull a figure, was like a million? And they were like, you can have whatever you want if you pull 500. I was going to say 500 grand, I thought they might no, make it like they, a little gimmick. I think they, they he it was like, some, they basically quick. went, how much do you want? Shit, man. <laughs> 36 kilos like is a big but the coolest thing about deadlifting in general so I'm trying to deadlift 500 pounds at the moment that's the big goal which I'm not too far away from I've already failed what is that in kg 227.5 sounds cool to say 500 pounds yeah it does sound way cool Um, I failed it once already but it's it's funny that me pulling that is going to look pretty much the same as Eddie pulling 500 
Yeah. Um, obviously, the weights are going to be different. I probably won't squirt blood out of my nose. No, yeah. But it'll probably take the same amount of time, similar amount of energy. Um, yeah, man. And it's the exact same as a newbie pulling 60 kilos on a deadlift. That uh, The deadlift is my favorite thing. It's, I just love it because it's so... That's why I did it. Um, yeah, it's just... It, if you know, if we were going to take all strength down to one test and be like, sorry guys, we've got to take every test out of strength. It's going to be deadlift, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's not going to be squatting. There's too much technique based in squatting. It's not going to be uh, fucking snatching. You, Who's ever you, snatched yeah. anything ever other than a bar? Every Who's, man and his dog can deadlift. Yeah. Maybe you, they can't deadlift very well, if you but pick they can the pick some, in, something from the floor. Yeah, like you're, you're, you're deadlifting. No, no one benches on a day-to-day life unless... I can't even think why you would bench. No. It just doesn't happen. No. Squatting, even squatting, like you only see kids squat down. Right? Yeah. Adults, they, they start to deadlift at a certain point because mm-hmm. it just starts to make more sense. So it's just like the purest thing in strength sports that we have. Yeah, massively. Yeah, to watch someone pull 500 kilos just the, makes no sense, does it? The point just of all of that compute. was just like the naysayers from this. Oh, yeah. Um, we did get a bit off topic there. No, Shock. I, I love talking about strongman. Yeah. Um, but the naysayers from all of that would have fueled him massively. And obviously, he had like a year to prep for this. Again, talks about his book. Couldn't pull above 460 in the gym. Just could not do it. Interesting. Impossible. He was like, I can't, I can't pull any more than that. I physically can't get higher. And obviously, if you've only got a year and then you think you've got to add 36 kilos on, you ain't going to want to be testing that 1RM at all. No. Um, it's training day, isn't it? Yeah. So... I wonder how many Just times he deadlifted a week. To, oh, uh, to, to I think that. he tried to keep 10 days in between, but what he ended up doing was oh. doing what Andy Bolton did. So Andy Bolton was the first man to deadlift over 400 pounds. Over 400 pounds? Uh, 400 kilos, sorry. 1,000 um, pound deadlift. He was the first person oh, okay. with a 1,000 pound deadlift, oh, yeah. 400 kilos. Um, and so he took his sort of principle of like one day of speed, one day of heavy. So mm. he would do, effectively, he would do a heavy pull and then he would train speed and then his next heavy pull would have been something like 10 to 12 days later god yeah so because it's training different muscle fibers ideally he was saying that he was almost fully recovered for the next time he would have to lift super heavy interesting i've come in and but, out of, yeah carry on, sorry. just yeah just like an impossible thing to do and you wouldn't be able to do that unless you took fuel from everyone saying no you can't do it yeah i think a delicate mix helps though i mean mm. Like fueling from a negative standpoint, it's great fuel, but it's yeah. it's unsustainable. I think. I they, don't think. Yeah, you can, they, I mean, they've talked about that. You can hit like you can hit a goal, um, and you can work towards something based off naysayers and negative negativity. It's definitely not a way you can like live your life. No, and, eventually you know you've I mean? got to you got to let that shit go. And, eventually, people believing in you is probably far more powerful, you know. And I think. Yeah. Not not for the short term. No, not I think for short long term. overarching goals and achieving things. Yeah, having people that believe in you is paramount for getting through the next couple of weeks and hitting something that you yeah. want to hit. Having well, someone say that you can't do it is such good fuel. Perfect example. Again, he went to twenty sixteen World Strongest Man. Eddie Hall pulled in the testing arena, right? So the competition hadn't even started. Mm. Picked up a keg and dislocated two two or three of his fingers. That's rough. So like, and bear in mind that. That's it. That's, that's kind of it. Like, you can't do anything no. with dislocated fingers. He no. came to third. That's nuts. Third. I think you told me this before, didn't you? Didn't his wife say on the phone, like, oh, are you going to pull out because you hurt your finger? And he's like, bitch, please. Literally. I mean, well, you know, strong man, still tear biceps and still keep going. Yeah. But, like, people would ask him, you should stop out because you'll hurt yourself. And he yeah. was like, nah. 
Right. It's funny you Get say that me. about the, the bicep tear thing. I'm feeling this has been a very heavy week of training mm-hmm. and I'm finding not that I'm comparing my training to sort of world's strongest well, man stuff, but like biceps are one of those yeah, ones, yeah. It's I'm it's all round here. Um, yeah, for reference I'm pointing to my forearm and like the bottom of my bicep. I can just feel like after doing loads of rowing, loads of devil's press, yeah. loads of pull ups, loads of deadlifts, yeah. like the rest, the rest of me feels fine. I've got some doms kicking about and some stiffness, but I can feel this weirdness around here that's like, oh, that needs rest. Like, yeah. that I, I can't keep putting weight on that, otherwise stuff's going to go wrong. It's, uh, and then Terry Hollands, another strong man, says he gets to a certain amount, gets to a point where a certain amount of pain is just normal. Pain don't hurt. I'm trying to figure out who said that. Because it's awesome. Yeah, it is I'm awesome not a big one for quotes. I no. don't. I don't really. I, don't I mean, I always say no pain, and that comes from Rocky. <laughs> like so, Rocky Balboa, so, like yeah, the sixth yeah, film or yeah. whatever it is. The, the old trainer's like, we're going to build horsepower, and every time he punches, he's like, no pain, no pain, and I just love it because I just think it's the best thing in the world. There's just something Who that resonates with pain don't hurt. Oh man, yeah. Pain is 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 hurting. Yeah, so to say pain don't hurt. For isn't some it? Reason, isn't I love it pain don't hurt. Like failures, failures what hurts or something like that. That's probably a quote. It's just I know there's some. It's some like Randy bodybuilder somewhere. Yeah. Shouting like pain. No, it might actually be Jocko or something. Probably. Yeah. It sounds like something Jocko would say. There's a guy who might be. There's a guy I think you'd like on Instagram called the Van Hagen. Uh, Oh, he's the best thing ever. He's got like 80s curly hair. He's like jacked as hell. Lifts in his basement and just shouts and screams between sets. And he always gets his wife to record him. And when he's doing deadlifts with like six plates aside, oh, okay, go on. Yeah, uh, he's always like, "Tell me I'm juicy!" As he's lifting, he's like, <laughs> "Tell me I'm juicy!" <laughs> and it's the best thing ever. And he misses his lift, and she goes, "Oh, you juicy!" He's like, "You didn't say it loud enough!" <laughs> and he just, oh yeah, stuff like that. Man. There's the bold strong man as well. Who, I can't remember his name. Brian always tends. Brian Shaw? No, he's no, he's not like a famous one. I think he's a powerlifter actually. Um, uh, he's just okay. always posting ridiculous videos of like. Like stuff, just dumb stuff, like heavy zercher squats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's got like a couple hundred kilos here, and he's just shouting and screaming stuff like that. Cracks me up. Yeah, man. I think I think that's just mental, isn't it? Like when you get to the point where you're lifting that much weight, I just wouldn't I wouldn't stop you from shouting. But <laughs> like when you got like <laughs> yeah. a two hundred and fifty kilo zercher squat, something stupid like that, like yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, I, think I watched more power to Watched earlier, Brian Shaw went to train with Bradley Martin. Who's Bradley Martin? It's a big fitness industry dude. Okay. He was like popular when it sort of came around on YouTube. as a YouTuber anyway. Um, Brian Shaw bench presses 180 kilos for 12 reps. That's and it gnarly. is so I guess that's probably unbelievably easy to look at. pretty chill for him, right? Nothing. Literally close grip bench presses it. Oh. And you just look, you look at the people around him and you're like, oh my God. Have you seen the video of him sparring with uh, Dustin Poirier? I have. He gets hilarious. Up. When he gets on his back, and yeah. it literally looks like Brian's picked up an infection that's crawled yeah. onto his back. And Trust me. Locks in. The that problem is, though, is people will be like, oh yeah, Dustin's got him. I was like, yeah, if Brian falls on his back, though. <laughs> Dustin's going squish. This and is that's it, the thing. They, will, they talk about it. He's like, yeah, I mean, you might trip me out, but if I just ran backwards into a wall, like your ribs are gonna snap. Yeah, I think like, in a street fight, if the, if the, those two were actually like fighting for some reason, yeah, Warrior's gonna die. He'll get his joints ripped. Talk about this with Seppi. Um, so Justin Warrior is like a lightweight, like seventy kilos, something like that, right? Yeah, I think he's one. I think lightweight in UFC is one fifty five, so probably yeah, yeah, yeah he's one fifty five, like so 60, 70 kilos. Yeah, yeah. 
I wonder if it would be a different fight if it was like a, a light heavyweight, so like a 90 kilo man, maybe a 100 kilo man, because he's not or giving up so who... much. Because hmm. at the moment, like Justin Poirier is giving up like 130 kilos in body weight, for God's sake. Like, yeah. that's another person. That's yeah, another, another big person. person. That's another Wes. Yeah. Wes. So imagine if it was like a, a sort of light heavyweight, maybe a heavyweight. So let's say like a 100 kilo man, something like a 109 kilo person. Yeah. Would that be a different fight? Because you would actually, like, he, Justin Poirier's punches probably would do absolutely nothing to Brian Shaw. No. But if you got punched by someone that's 50% your body weight, Brian Shaw's, let's say he's an average 190 kilos. Uh-huh. I reckon that'd be a different fight, you know. I reckon that guy could probably knock him out. Because you think the force... Brian Shaw can't fight. The yeah, only thing yeah, he's got on him is thing. he'll crush you. Yeah. So if you can't get hold of him, that'd be interesting to watch. Yeah, I think... I mean, I don't want either of them to get into the ring. Probably, it, we would see a murder, but... <laughs> we're probably not too far away from seeing stuff like that. The way all this, like, YouTube boxing... And now yeah, CrossFit well, boxing. Yeah. We spoke about this last week, but I forgot to mention it. We were talking about all these... Stars yeah. fighting. So we've got Josh Bridges fighting Jacob Hetner yeah. on the card of Eddie Hall versus Thor. Mm. I think it's going to set a precedent now because with fighting, people are way more invested in like the characters fighting than they are a belt. Yeah, you know I, mean? I mean, maybe back in the day we loved that, but these days we want to see people we look up to scrap. I don't really understand the, the Josh Bridges Jacob Hetner thing. Like, Me neither. Like, I, what I don't. I don't get it. I think it's a. Money. I think that is literally the definition of exhibition match. Like they're just doing that for fun. Like there's yeah. no like the Eddie Hall Hathor thing was that like kind of started because they they can't have a fight, match. but now they're going to get a fight. And yeah. They're going to. I mean, they're doing it for money. There's no other reason. They what? are, but they also want to fight each other. They hate each other. Yeah. They they hate each other. You know what? I bet you after this you know. they don't. When it's all said and done, I think they're like, yeah, it's probably nothing. He talks about it. Um, I think Thor is a very hard person to to like. Probably. Because there's a lot of bad blood there. He cost Eddie Hall a lot of money. Like a yeah. lot of money. True. A lot of his career as well. True. Um, a lot of disrespect. A lot of like... And then... I could talk stronger. I talk highly of it. But Strongman is a hard thing. You don't get a lot of time in it, man. Eddie Hall did very... Mm. In 12 years, right? He did a lot. And that took a lot away from him. Like, like you know... The, the stress on his family alone would yeah. just be something that like... To then have such a disrespect to say that you didn't earn it after that... It'd be very hard. I think what he said, he was just like, at the moment, he obviously hates his guts. I think if he knocked him out, which, well, when he knocks him out, (laughs) if he gets up and shakes my hand, I think he said something like, I'd be civil. I still wouldn't, I would never be honest with them because I can't because it's too much, it cost me too much. But I think by that point, the the water's under the bridge, isn't it? I think it it comes down to that. It's if there's respect after the fight, right? But I, like, like when he won World's Strongest Man, he didn't even say anything to him. No, no one um, did. Bill Kazmaier. I love Bill Kazmaier. The, that old, the old, is that the guy, the old school guy that Bill was Kazmaier like, yo, was, that's legit. Bill Kazmaier, one of the strongest fucking, humans on the planet. You can't fake winning the World's Strongest Man. It's ridiculous. It's the it's same with the CrossFit Games. You can't yeah, accidentally no, you win can't. that shit. Can't wait to see who wins this year, by the way, because uh, in the men's field, I want to talk to you about Who up. do you think is going to take the men's title? Um, I'm going to back... Oh, just because I want him to win, I'm going to say maybe Medeiros. Mm. But I think the rookie. Yeah, he did well, really, really well rookie, last time. Um, I think Noah Olsen's probably in with a shout. Yeah, um, but I think we're in this period of the men's elite CrossFit scene. I'm right? loving it. I, it's I, cool. Who is going to go there? Yeah. I think that's so nice. I think I mean, we're like... going to keep seeing loads of new faces coming yeah. in. We're going to see loads of Medeirosses and mm. stuff. I just think because the sport has reached this point now where. There's been like 15, 16 year olds that have been grinding yeah. up until this point, and we're now going to well, start seeing them come through. 
It's a little bit like the upset after Fraser, right? Because then Ben Smith just took it. Because Matt Fraser wasn't Matt Fraser at that yeah, point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Shouldn't this time around, the gap is there. You could have the sort of obvious, maybe the new bloods or whatever, but I think there could be someone that's... Ben Smith was grinding away. He's been doing CrossFit for a long time, and he just said, it's my time now. And he, he had that like a Scott Pan chick or something. That would be cool as hell, though, wouldn't it? Did he get through? I don't even know if he got through to um, I think this. We will, I think we will see a Pan chick brother win it. Uh, yeah, because I think, I think Saxon or Spencer. Yeah, I think now having done CrossFit a lot longer now, especially with you, um, experiences a lot, a yeah, lot. Yeah, and for I think sure. That's my only thing why I wouldn't back to Duros is because okay, you've been to the games. That's a pretty good experience. Yeah. But you got like a, it's like, like five, six games, times games athlete. Mm, true. That's a long way. I think I'd back him to get top five again. Yeah, oh, he'll be up there. I if he's not up there, I'd be very shocked. I think this is Olsen's best year, best, best chance. chance to win it. I, have the semi-finals started yet? I don't think they have. Uh, I don't think so. So I think that'll be a very good gauge. Of I would love Pat Vellner or Fikowski yeah. to get it. Fikowski ain't winning it. Fikowski's lost, it. lost it. It's, it's not, it's not going to happen. But I would love, I think Vellner, I, I would love Vellner, man. But then he's had, he's had like injury struggles. He's yes. had like, you know, the dude got cut early a couple of years ago and you just think like, yeah. um, whilst it's like you can complain about the way that it was done, there is a potential that he does just have some big holes in his game. Yeah. Which is rich of me to say. My only but, reason you know, why, I recently watched... Um, the documentary where Ricky Garrard takes his third place from him. And I was like, yeah. you know what, man? That would like That's a hard, it. that's a hard L. That's a hard loss, man. To never, and if he doesn't he win it now or we'll come back home, he'll never get to stand on that podium. It's peak as well because him and, oh. him and Fraser are very good friends. They are, And him yeah. and Fakowski are very good friends and countrymen. Yeah. Um, and just knowing that you got back on the podium, you yeah. get a cool big. Finkowski was on that podium, so that's that would have been their chance. So it's like Fraser. Oh, yeah. Like it would have been such a cool thing. And I think that's the only reason, uh, that's the only thing that makes me not like Ricky Garrard. Yeah. I think he's cool. I like having a heel in the sport. Yeah. I think it needs it to. It does need a bad guy, don't you? You need a bad guy, but, you know, a cheat is a bit peak. Well, I just think when you've. If you cheat, you come like 25th, right? I know it's still cheating, but you okay. haven't. You haven't taken something away from someone that's so hard to get. Mm-mm. And so, they might not so ever get again. Well, he may not. It looks like and he, if, he may not. And if that doesn't happen to him, then that's 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 a hard thing to just live with. And okay, you know, it's not a big deal. But third play, third fittest in the world is a big deal, man. Yeah, it's funny, man. Fraser called it. I watched yeah. him on a, on a podcast and he was he was like, he had said to yeah. someone like, oh, that dude's on sale. Dude, you, like, can, you can lift a few watch ago. that documentary and his brother hands him like a little black canister in a towel that then falls out of the towel and they both look at the camera and go, shit. Really? And walk away. Yeah, it's obvious as oh, hell. I didn't notice that. I so like I you that won't, you won't realise, but I heard it, Savan or Savan or whatever his name yeah. is, mentioned it and then Matt Fraser was like, yeah, I saw that. And then you watch it back on the documentary and it's like super obvious. So it's on the documentary. Yeah, he literally just hands him like this little black canister. It looks like a cigar case. Hands him it and they both like look guilty as hell. Like you've caught a deer in headlights and they're like, oh fuck. And just turn around I mean, and walk I away. I know nothing about how steroids work, but I would have assumed prior to that that you do all your steroids <sighs> before. I don't know. Like I don't know. I know he got caught for an Dora ball, which is like a He got caught for a couple of things, I think. Well, yeah, like, that was the, that was the main one. In, yeah. Uh, in tangent for them to work. I would imagine he caught with some masking agents or whatever in there yeah, as well. True. But I think they popped him for Endora Bowl, which is, I guess, just like a, a some form of 
anabolic maybe or something like that like increases your blood red blood cells some shit I don't know yeah and then his brother got popped like six months later and it's ridiculous because it's like what you even get popped for he wasn't even like this is what I mean man what what gets me about that documentary is you watch him literally he lies point blank to the camera talking about how he can't face his dad can face his brother you can see it like you know when you 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 know the future yeah you see it you can oh you can see how bad he's lying man It's, it's, it's a tough one to watch but he's back next year, I think. Oh, I don't even know if he should. You know, oh, I don't I know how I feel about it. I know you pay your dues and that should be it, but he could have just been cycling like a motherfucker. Well, like, this is what I mean. Like now, for the last three years, now I just I would be like, look, man, you you took a podium from someone. If I was Dave Castro, wouldn't let you back in sport, man. Yeah, he did the opposite. Castro was like hyping him up to come back a little bit, which seems like. Good for sport, well. isn't it? It's good publicity. Yeah, like you say, I mean, I'm the bad guy. I feel like if he wins, it'll be damaging for the sport. Now that motherfucker needs to go in a boxing match. Yeah, Pat Vellner yeah, versus yeah. Ricky Garrard. That'd be a match I'd watch. Oh, I think Vellner because that's battered. I think Vellner would get battered. Well. I don't know. Garrard was, like, was a rugby player, man. He, he was, was yeah. And he was, he was. This is what I don't understand. Like it's not like he wasn't. A, not like he wasn't a good athlete. Oh, he just savage. wasn't willing to put in the work. Yeah, I think he did have limits on his strength as well. Well, yeah, because that's that's what Matt Fraser talked about, right? Like his snatch went up like twenty kilos in like a year, and it's like, bro, you're not doing that at no, this level. No, not a chance. Um, and that's the easiest way to spot it. It's the quick increases. Like if you ever yeah. see me suddenly snatching one twenty. Well, if you watch him, like, yeah, and you watch him in that year where he competes, I think it's twenty seventeen. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah he comes like fifth in the snatch or something like that, or maybe mm. even third. And it's like, uh, like last year, it really come like 20th or something stupid. And they're like, whoa, bro, what that's doing? what's going on there. He's like, I've just been overhead squatting, man. Just every day, yeah. tempo squats, isn't it? <laughs> Rubbish, man. Like, it just it pains me, stuff like that. Yeah. Because I think you just. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. These athletes put their heart and soul and things like that. And, I would hate that. Taken away. You would hate that, wouldn't you? Ah, uh, yeah, I'd be pissed. Even if it was just in here, like if yeah, we were doing an in-house comp in here, and I found out. Not even if it was like a steroid thing. If I found yeah. out someone was cheating, maybe skipped reps, or yeah. you know, their their mate was judging them and they let them off on some shitty reps, I'd be pissed. Cause, yeah. But then at the same time, if I got beat, I'd be like, and it was fair, I'd be like, I right, cool. Yeah, like, I got beat. I think there's just some some firm. Just a bit of respect, isn't it? A bit, of, a bit yeah. of pride. Take pride in what you do. Like if you're gonna, I uh, that's what I mean. If he almost just came out and went, yeah, I'm cheating in the interview. <laughs> Imagine. Like, I'd be a bit more like, all right, well, you're gonna get popped, but like at least you're being honest. Like at least you, you know, the leaderboard now can readjust, and you can still compete. We know you're cheating. It'll be fun yeah. to see where you land, but you ain't <laughs> never ever gonna like wherever you come. It's um. Like, it doesn't actually count. Yeah, I mean, it, it does put a bad rep on the, I feel like anyone uh, that I know yeah. that knows about CrossFit but doesn't really know it that well is like, oh, they're all on steroids. Look yeah. at the women. Like, I had it the other day. Shoulders. Like, it's, it's a shame. I had a member in class the other day that was like, didn't just didn't believe these people could do it without steroids. And I was like, I don't think you understand. Like, this is it. Like, yeah. They will ban, ban you. Yeah. They will and then call you out and ban you. Those like, people no are going to believe the methodology less. Yep. Because they're going to think that you can't get anywhere close to that mm-hmm. without using drugs. Whereas if you just come in here, smash the class and work hard and work on your strength and work on your skills and your weaknesses, you can get really far no matter what yeah. point you start with. But when people start seeing the elite and viewing them all as like drug takers, yeah. it's a bit of a shame. I think you, I had it a while ago. My problem with like 
Okay, a lot of my love strongmen, but they are obviously all on massive yeah. amounts of animal But I mean, steroids. that's kind of the idea. Like, it is, yeah. The what, idea can, what, what, what can these guinea pigs um, do? I mean, they still test, but they test for sort of different <laughs> different kinds of things. They and kind they of test know when more. it's coming, right? Yeah, they test more because they've had a fatality before where someone uh, was kind of overdoing it and then uh, blew okay. his heart out, basically. Uh, yeah, I heard, I heard uh, of that guy, yeah. Shame because he was a good strongman, but yeah, he he had some trouble. So after that, it was a bit of athlete care. Fair. Um, yeah, so you can do steroids, but don't do too many. Well, they were basically saying like we're not going to let you compete if you're at risk of like dying. Basically, yeah, because it's you know you don't want I mean, to so eat life, right? Yeah, um, and especially at that sport, like it's dangerous as enough as it is. You drop an atlas stone on you, it's not going well, bro. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, two hundred kilo ball of concrete. Someone did that in a in a Giants live concert, a UK company. Literally, mm. just his, you watch his shimbo just go boom, buckle and fire out of his. It's Man, not good. That's it's similar not to, good. Have you seen the clip in the UFC that just happened? Uh, uh yeah, Daniel. he kicks a guy and his literally foot just goes. Yeah, Chris Chris Weidman was fighting Uriah Hall. That's it. And he went in a beautiful setup kick. Yeah. It looks great. Just catches his bone. Just kicks, snaps and his it's chin. Just, it looks like. Ooh. I don't. I don't even know. Like a piece of styrofoam or something. Yeah. It just goes. And then the worst thing about it is, because um, I guess it takes a few seconds for the pain receptors to yeah. get back up. He didn't know it happened, so he does this kick, splits his shin in half perfectly, yeah. and then goes to step on it. Because obviously you've just done the kick. <laughs> yeah, so the next thing is you put, on it. Yeah, yeah, you put your foot back and you and you take a step back and you land on it, and you just see it go, and he just oh. And then the craziest thing is. That has only happened once before, and it was Anderson Silva doing it on him. Shit. So Anderson Silva broke his shin years back, kicking, kicking Chris him. Weidman. Yeah. And then years later, Chris Weidman broke his shin, that kicking is, Uriah Hall. That's the sort of shit that makes you think there's something going on in there. Like, poltergeist or something. Yeah, it's like Uriah Hall's demon, watch yeah. out. Were you going somewhere with the strongman point? Um, just you. chatting on about, like... Um, Competing in sports with like the drugs and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Uh, with that sport, you have to accept that that's kind of what's happening, right? Yeah. But I think it's so annoying when people disbelieve how far you can get off hard work. Yeah, yeah, that's it, right? And that's my point I was getting at. I was like, if you're going into a sport like strongman, I mean, they're not open about it, but like, it's pretty damn obvious. If you're fucking deadlifting like 500 kilos, you're running 36 kilos into your lift. It's exactly the same as Ricky Garay putting 20 kilos on his snatch. That's not happening by training. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah. Who was because it it's, said it? Supposedly it's, hard work pays off. Well, there you go, bro. You can, like, you can achieve a lot by just crafting. massive amounts. And he's one of the most tested athletes, I think, Yeah, why well, he was a USA weightlifter. And that, like, I believe every USA weightlifter yeah. because the testing protocols that they have is insane. He yeah, tells stories protocols of, or whatever, yeah. He tells a story of... Um, the testing guy came yeah. to his dorm because you just have to put down every day a time limit that you're yeah. going to be. So you generally, what everyone does is like, okay, five till six, I'll be in my dorm because I'll be sleeping. So the guy comes, wakes him up, it's 5 a.m. Fraser was like, well, I don't need to pee. Yeah. I'm going to go back to sleep. When I wake up, I'll, I'll you know what I mean? Yeah. And the guy just sat there like, yeah. watching him. He said he's had people come to exams with him. Mm -hmm. And I think the CrossFit testing has got a lot better over the last few years, right? I think yes. because of the beef that he's had with some of the people that are in CrossFit HQ, I think if he was if he was on something, they'd love to pop it. Oh man! I don't I think, think it's a case of let the let him fly under the radar. No, I just think child. I, don't I think, think he is Dave that. Castro would just love to pop anyone really. Yeah, wouldn't he? like he's just a, that kind of dude. But that's, that's a so... good thing about him. He may come across a bit of a dick, but yeah. he, I think he's got. I think you know he's the, val the, the value is there, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't think he would allow people cheating in sport. No. Does that mean that 
there aren't people flying under the radar and able to figure it out? No. But I, don't, uh, I doubt it's the risk. people. Yeah, and that's that's what he'll say, right? Because, like you say, Ricky Garab's doing it, and they're like, well, he made it to the games. Well, he got popped. He got yeah, exactly. four years. Yeah. You can't get around it. If you're that, if you're going to podium, they're going to test the fuck out of you. Yeah, exactly. Because and you've got to be legit. Should, yeah. Um, I think that, that just, that's one thing I do like about that, about CrossFit in general, is that you can't really cheat. Yeah, it's you true. Just, yeah. It's you know, I, I'm not saying that someone's not getting away with it, but like you say, they won't be number one because you'll just get tested so much. You'd have to, you'd have to be the the point 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 one percent of people that manage to get away with it. Yeah, this is it. Nothing's impossible, right? But if you're not willing to work for it, then you will never ever get it. So I think that's just that thing, right? Like, yeah, very most true. Sport, most sports are like that, but like I say, if you you're in a sport like strongman, like, you're not taking gear. <laughs> yeah, you're not in strongman. You ain't getting strongman. <laughs> you're, you're not qualified. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, a, every sport's a life commitment, but I think, like, a, a strength sport like that is a life yeah, it's Yeah, it's, it's different. It just hits different. Like you said with Eddie, you do have to sort of put your family on the back burner. It's something that's way easier to do if you don't have a family, if you don't have a wife, or if you're in Fraser's position where his wife was like, oh, yeah. let's do this together. Yeah. Bank. Double down, five years, in and out. Mm-hmm. And now they have a great platform to be able to grow and make money in different ways. Can it's we just so smart. take a second to appreciate how intelligently he has coordinated his career from CrossFit? It's bang on. Like, you couldn't he's doing write... Nutrition now. Yeah. He's doing... He's, yeah, he's programming. Right, it's nutrition, supplement company, and programming, mm-hmm. and like social media content which I guess just sort of like influences the rest of it oh man it's, like, it, if you were to write the playbook on how to do it that's how you do it yeah he'll he'll live the life now where he'll just do what he wants all he'll just have children and chill around with his wife build a huge home gym yep. have his mates around yep. probably revel in the fact that he doesn't have to do six hours of CrossFit every day I think uh, he was on something the other day where he's like I haven't trained legs in like three months <laughs> yeah he, he put a post up the other day that it was like it's rare that I it was like a picture of him doing wall balls and it yeah. was like it's rare that I touch a wall ball these days but if I do it's because I'm testing out my programming yeah 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 it's like man that's the life like he's always just doing bicep curls yeah man chilling with his wife Got eating nothing, good food nothing left like you just you'd be like I don't want to do anything unless it's for fun now yeah I think um, um, I'm curious to see what uh, Tia does because I think she's like slightly um, slightly different uh, in that she's I... got a little work to do right I think she's she wants she Matt Fraser achieved his five achieved the most dominant points victory in, in sports history I think mm-hmm. that might be in CrossFit history I don't know about sports history it might yeah, be in, in, a, in an individual sport yeah, history yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Tia's up there with him right she's got four titles four titles five incoming I think five incoming and, and I think after her fifth and I think if she, because she's had a few close calls in those titles. So is Fraser. Um, but yeah, Tia. Whereas Fraser's last one was like so dominant. Oh no, so was Tia's. Well, I know what so was Tia's, but she's had She's like, had a couple prior. She's had that. a couple prior where it's yeah. like, you know, I, I just want to see her now get a fifth. I want to see her get a fifth without an even questioning of it, like last year's performance. Yeah, I think it will be very similar. And I think then she can probably safely say that she's sort of completed CrossFit. Yeah, but then even I that... I don't even know if she stops. She, yeah, she but, seems like the kind of person that could probably... Because her husband is coach. Yeah, could I keep think going. just ride with it. Yeah. I think she is the kind of person that could... Like, she took six months off, went and did bobsledding, came back, and she'll probably still smash it. I can yeah. see her just, like, 
popping in and out of CrossFit and still winning for ages. Yeah, but there's gonna there's gonna get a point where you're like, yo, I'm sick of this shit. I suppose it's like my friends, isn't it? Your priorities change. He wants to do other stuff with his life now, and I think she'll probably get to that point as well. That's that might be the natural tra- transition from professional athlete to mm. to other parts of your life. But it's funny. I would now. love to see her get six though. Yeah, wouldn't you? I'd love it. I'd just, love to yeah. just see her just be like, fuck you, fuck you Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's yeah, it's gonna be difficult to replicate anything like that again. I think, <sighs> I think the right. women's division once she leaves would be wide yeah because the women's vision is stacked there's some absolute machines in there mm-hmm. with loads of like different skill sets so yeah. it really is you never know what's gonna happen so hard to because you we saw that in the rookie um hayley adams yep her weightlifting's just not there yet she's got no she's years like 19 that. i think yeah. um so she said that she's like i didn't know not to get too into her personal life but someone was like she's not really gone through puberty yet no she's, she's like kid. fifth at the games yeah but apparently she's like Quite a young, she's 19, young 19 yeah. or she might be 20 now, but she's quite a young 20 year old. Yeah, she's 100%. still like maturing. What which means like 20, what are you interested in? And she's like one of the top she, athletes in her division. She cemented herself as like the fifth. Yeah. Because I think she's come fifth twice in a row, or like sixth and then fifth, or something like that. Which is she's killing it. Ridiculous. Yeah, to do But that I think age. someone like her needs those couple of years now at that high level, get her weightlifting up, get yeah. her like experience up. Squat, just squat. Uh, yeah, and just. And then she'll, she could be another tier player to me. She could be she could another be. Domination, dominator. I would just like to see the sport going away where it's like, oh, this person wins this year and then different. You know yeah, what I mean? Like the a teetering. Different. Yeah, rather than like, oh, rival another one. Yeah, so we never, we've, I don't think you really have, I mean, Noah and Matt was a bit of a rivalry, but it was never going to, it was never going to go tip for tat. Yeah, it only came close because Matt dropped that thing out of his bag. Basically, yeah. And that, and that was like a, and yeah, you can't control that. No, no, and even then he um, came back and won with like yeah. barely anyone else helping him in the field. Yeah. Like he, he was just. We need. So you're right. We do need heels. We need rivalry in CrossFit at yeah, the top just to make it fun. We need two people battling it out year for year, trying to just put as many titles in their bank as they can, mm. um, rather than just seeing this constant domination from one for like four years in yeah. a row, and then domination from another for four years in a row. Like. Um, the yeah. teetering of it would be would we'll be, good. be an interesting series season even right we've been waffling on for a while yeah uh, probably got to go have to cut some bits of that out 